review. It didn't taste like grapefruit. Everybody's dead, we're burning up. I don't know, the door is locked though, and it's making me nervous. I can't <laughs> read, how can I write? Yeah, you're straight fucked, but... We can, we're still cutting off. Not a single second of <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point your hand gets tired when you're writing. I'm oh, sure just you fucking wait, Asa. <laughs> it was me. I killed your dreams. What do you want from me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut out the part where it's the Asa with the chair, too. You probably... failed English! Oh man, this is wildly and irrelevant. I... That didn't actually happen. <laughs> I looked at it. <laughs> Are we fucking ready or what? Maybe. Uh, it's like when my dad was so disappointed with me about the electrical tape. Yes. <laughs> Just no one understands my jokes, I'm I guess. still not convinced. I don't know. What? Well, it's because I think sometimes it's not a joke, and then people get confused about when you're joking. I see. Sometimes you're just a little it's a, bastard. It's a All right, well, I am an it's idiot, but I'm also I... funny, so I'm sorry that that gets confusing. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> you're... Hi, everybody. Welcome to Books with Bastards. How's everybody doing today? Slightly irritated. Yeah. But fine. Um, yeah, we seem to have upset Mallory <laughs> in the pregame here. I'm Oh, dying. yeah. Here's our first and foremost bastard, Mallory. Angry Mal. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Zach, slowly losing confidence in his tactical abilities. Hello. Our ever-present drinking buddy, Caleb. I've been reduced to the corner. Yeah, after, uh, after some issues with the last episode, uh, we're really trying to rethink the arrangement of this room. I feel like I am just kind of in the middle of things, but yeah, I'm all right with floating it. in open space. I'm, I'm right fully it. blocking the door. Yeah, we've really pinned Caleb in the corner, but yes, and of course our uh, mysterious Lump Asa. Yep. Which I just realized could sound like cancer. Like, I've been picturing you as, like, mold on the wall when I say that. Just, like, a weird, like, compost pile we found in the room. And not is like a cyst. I'm glad you shared that with Mallory. I'm gonna need to come up with some different code names. Be sure to check Asa's (laughs) breast for lumps every night. I do. Okay, good. (laughs) Two two big lumps. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Maybe because of cancer. I can't even look Zach in the face, but I can tell he's motioning for a drink corner. Mallory, what are we all drinking? Can we start over? I. Why? No, not really. I, I feel like we miss- need to introduce the book first, and then I explain the drink and how it's I, relevant to the book. That's fair. We probably should. I'm not going to start over, though. We're just going to run right through this mistake like a train. Uh, we're bad. Today we're reading Till We Become Monsters by Amanda Headley. Yes. It was a book chosen by Caleb no, 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 no. in the hopes that it would become spooky, and one of the dogs is attempting to escape. There you go. There you go. Uh, we'll edit this out in a little bit. Oh, oh my god. god. Can we just pause? Wow. Okay, so some uh, some minor technical difficulties. It wasn't technical difficulties. It was oh, some my. dog difficulties. Not her fault. It was a recording error. That literally is a technical difficulty. Yep. Well, I, anyways, some beer got spilled, yet. and uh, anyways. So he is our gentle sorry. giant. And yes. She doesn't know her size, but everything is okay now, and she is sleeping comfortably on the floor. <laughs> we uh, we are reading "Till We Become Monsters" by Amanda Headley. Uh, this book was chosen by Caleb in his attempt to find something spooky. Yeah. He felt like we've deviated from our initial roots of where they wait and wanted to get back to the creepy stuff. Oh 
Yeah. yeah. Starting off September with a bang. Yeah, and to be fair, the last few books have been pretty murder light, and this one is not that. Murder Good. heavy. Well, it's everything I well, wanted. It's it. moderate. I'm not going to have nightmares, Com- am I? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I dreamt of meat. Okay. <laughs> I didn't okay. know exactly what that means. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's let's try. Uh, let's I'm try drinking corn again. A cheeseburger right. or something. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, you do you. <laughs> I maybe I will. Uh, Mallory, I'm what sorry, are we drinking? That? So, this book <laughs> takes place in rural Minnesota. Oh, and I think in the whole book they mention somebody drinking a can of beer one time. So not a lot to go off of. Uh, so this drink here is one of the most popular drinks in Minnesota. Had to Minnesota. do some research. I think this that's is called the bootleg. Um, it is a combo of lemon, lime juice, agave syrup, vodka, and mint. Because back during Prohibition... They needed a very strong citrusy flavor to cover up the alcohol in the drink. Mm, in case and then they the were smell of mint. Out. It's uh, it's very green. I think there's just literal mint in here. It looks it like swamp water. It looks. It doesn't like look swamp very appetizing, water. and unfortunately, the ice cubes I put Ooh. in it have melted some. I quite like that so far. Whoa, it's very minty, but it is. Pretty good. It's Ooh. kind of mojito-esque. Yeah, it reminds me of a mojito, but with like a little more like lemony thing oh, to it. Sneeze. Oh, that's so much. This mint. is gonna clear out my my nose. I feel like. <laughs> what do you think, Caleb? It's good. It's good, but oh, don't drink it too fast. But it's pretty good. Oh, a lot of citrus probably burns. Yeah, right to the back of the throat. Yeah, that's my bet. <laughs> you gotta start it like before every drink. I'm just getting a lot of leaf. I feel like this is one of those dangerous drinks because it's equal part vodka. Oh, I... Um. Bootleg juice. I, and, I could get uh, fucked up club on this. Soda. This is so, like that lemonade I did Morgan made for my birthday. I bought for uh, four of them just because. Speaking so of Zach's birthday, this is the first episode where he's 34. No, it's not. The no, last episode the was. I was literally, yeah, yes. uh, about an hour before this, I actually had to edit out you and Asa singing happy birthday to me. Ah, correct. Well, correct. We just didn't do the party. Until after. That's correct. Yeah, did my you bad. sneak one of these drinks before we get in here or what? Jesus. Maybe I did. <laughs> this <laughs> is what happens when you don't listen to the old episodes. Listen. In his defense. It wasn't recorded. It wasn't edited until now. In my defense, I forgot that I'm actively still recording or editing that episode. So. All right. Okay. So who ready? was right and who was wrong and who do the fans love the most? All three of those are different answers. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, none of them can be answered by us. So, anyways. I uh, Caleb. I can say Ace is definitely is the, the favorite. We're voting that <laughs> Caleb was wrong? Oh, I was voting for favorites. Oh, uh, he might be. He I'm, says some shit. I voted Asa, but for the wrong crowd. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, thank you. Asa is thank for you. our fringe group. <laughs> these are the people who are here exclusively, somehow stumbled onto this and are just here to one day truly feel that loon called. No, there's no other part of the episode. It's just Asa alone in a room doing loon calls for six hours. Well, those people are his target demographic, so... We're talking about Asa a lot right now. I do want him to read his shirt into the microphone. Oh, this is a beautiful Goodwill thrift store find. I think I bought this, I found this 
slash bought it you, probably two years ago. You did buy it, yes. And <laughs> just recently, within the last two weeks, found it in the hanging in the closet. Actually, no, it was folded up. Anyways, and I said, whoa, how the hell did I forget about it? Can someone else read it because it's upside down? It's Do a, you not remember what it says? It's a beautiful day to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I really should have wore it to work today. Anyways, welcome to a crowded room with four people. <laughs> <laughs> All on the verge. Asa did call me. Yeah, all of us seem like we're just a little on edge tonight. I think we're ready for a fight. I think this bootleg might help. I'm fine. It really eased some tensions. Mallory (laughs) did ask me what was wrong with me earlier. I'll get to the bottom of it. And when we do crying out for help with Caleb, uh, you know, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll get there. It's deep. (laughs) All right. So, are we ready to get into this? Yeah. Take us away. (laughs) Okay. So, the book starts, as I said, it takes place in Minnesota, very rural Minnesota. The town that most of it takes place is like a population of 300. So, it starts in the, I'm guessing, late 60s. Uh, It does actually give a date on the beginning of the book. It's 1971. Early 70s. You were close. (laughs) Uh, Because the majority of the book takes place in 1986. Yeah. Oh, the year of... The tiger. I'm gonna guess there's. Is that? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice catch. <laughs> I'm gonna guess there's a lot of relatives in this town. Uh, well, we only talk about one family, pretty much. So. Yeah, maybe. Well, a little bit about a second family. one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, yeah, starting in 1971, per Zachary, um, we meet Corin. Uh, is it Corin? I believe Corin is correct. Okay, K O R I N. Yeah, that sounds I like Corin. I've never seen that. I was like, is it Corinne? But that's like a usually a female name. But yeah, you know, you know. yeah, that'd be more of a f- yeah. So we have Corin, who is seven years old, and his brother Davis, who they say is two to three years older than him. They're at their grandmother's house, who Corin loves. She always is reading to him, telling him stories, reading him fairy tales in particular. And then there's Davis, who is constantly acting out, like seeking attention from people. If he ever senses that Corin is getting attention, he does something to draw that to himself. Yeah, he has to have the focus on him. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. And the grandmother does not like Davis. It's like she's the only person in the world that understands how he is other than Corin. Yeah, and she's the only one who will give Corin attention before him even if Davis acts out, and then Davis will just go act out even harder until he basically forces her to come help before he burns the house down. Yeah. He makes a lot of threats to get her to pay attention to him. So she's reading a story to Corin about changelings and how, yes, and how I think it's fairies will replace, they'll take their babies and they'll go replace a human baby with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only way that you can get your original baby back, Corin reads later into the book, is if you kill the changeling. Then yeah, or burn them alive. Yeah, then your actual, you know, whoever. They'll panic and bring your real sibling back. <laughs> yes. All right. So he reads this. At the same time, Davis is yelling at the grandmother that he wants some money or he's going to take something out of the house and pawn it because he needs money for new ice skate blades. So she leaves the room, she goes upstairs, and then all of a sudden, Corin hears a thud. Comes out, his grandma's laying at the bottom of the stairs, neck broken. What? Davis is standing at the top of the stairs, just standing there, and Corin looks up at him, and he's like, what, I didn't push her? And you're like, I, it, 
I instantly think that you pushed <laughs> I, her. Yeah. You know, when you say you didn't do something, it sounds like you did. Well, and then so, he says, serves her right. She should. Her greedy ass should have known better than to just give me five dollars. What? Yeah. No. And so I was like. Wow. wow. I, what are you going to buy with $5? I mean, this is in the 70s. Not a this is why I said Asa change. is the wrong crowd. <laughs> this is in the 70s. I don't know what the currency rate or... Probably you know, it's closer to $20, I'm going to guess. You should look it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Luckily, I bring my phone in here when I'm not supposed so, to. So, Corin yeah. pretty much just curls up next to his grandma, starts crying, and Davis says, well, since, essentially, he's like, since you're going to be a little crybaby about it, I guess I'll go call 911, like, you fucking loser. <laughs> fucking bitch. So, <laughs> so he's seven, right? Corin. Corin is seven, seven and Davis is, I think, like nine, ten or ten. The, yeah, nine or oh ten. Oh, my God. He's, like, God. two to three years old. I was, wow. I undersold it at $20. That'd be equivalent to giving someone 38 and dollars and 18 cents. You don't think that would have got you some ice skate blades back then? Used, probably. I don't know. But better than the ones you have. If you I'll look up ice all, skate. You know. The cost of ice skate blades in 1971. Minnesota. You guys are learning some interesting factoids about history. Good. All right, the blades Not themselves. All right, the blades themselves. Oh, oh, $54 is the lowest I'm seeing. So back then... That probably would have. Is that for you. current times or back That's then? That's for current times. I oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. Should, yeah. Yeah. So inflation. Yeah. yeah you he could have got it. two or three pairs. Probably, probably. only three, two to three dollars. Probably. She gave him some candy money. Too, I mean, I mean, the good ones bag, here are like a hundred dollars. So yeah. Anyway, so an asshole. I don't like you uh, already. No, nobody does. I don't. No. Think. Yeah. <laughs> we we go forward into the funeral and. Uh, it, it's mostly more like, you know, they're watching uh, the funeral. There's a comment that this book jumps to everyone's uh, point of view at one time or another. Like if they're a character with a name, they get a chapter at some point. Uh, That's nice. I always like when books do that. We follow uh, Albert, uh, the dad, who is, he seems like a nice man who just isn't he's maybe too not like he lets davis get away with too much both of the parents. he's a yeah. friend not a all dad. of the parents not even they just i think that albert in particular is just like it's i can't put in the effort for this like he's just a mm-hmm. dick bag i feel like nothing i do is gonna fix it so i just ignore it i just walk away yeah mm-hmm. like even when they're little before he doesn't like before he really realizes how bad davis is both of the parents are like well, you know, Davis always seems like he needs her attention so much, and Corin always seems like he's fine sitting by himself in his room reading, not realizing that that's his only way of coping with the fact that they won't talk to him. Really, Corin feels very alone and neglected, and that they only care about his brother. Like, he mentions how he was forgotten at a department store one time, and just kind of things like that. They'll be like, oh, wait, where's Corin? We forgot about that fucker. So yeah, they're at the funeral. There's mention of Davis having like a smile on his face while he's looking into his grandmother's open casket. Um, and yes, Albert's talking about how he he his mother would always say that they let Davis get away with too much, but he thought maybe she just didn't under, understand how difficult it was to raise a child in the '60s. And it's like, yes, I'm sure that is the problem. I'm sure that's exactly the issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, so, yes. Yeah, so. Then we go back. I think it's the night after the funeral. Uh, Corin is positive that his brother has been replaced by a changeling. And if he brings his actual brother back, they'll be happy. So as they're hanging out in the living room one night and 
Davis is sitting near-ish the fire, he pushes him in. Yeah, uh, he actually lures him over there by saying, oh, there's a bug over there. Oh, Because he knows right. Davis likes to crush bugs and takes enjoyment oh, yeah, he by was gonna throwing burn the them bug. into the fire. Right, well. And then the second he gets near the fire, Corn just shoves him in. That's fucked up. And for a thing. second, I was like, are we about to see the real Davis Also, the burning back? of kid alive no. part, actually. No, that's, that's standard. Oh. That's standard. Why? <laughs> that's, that's, Why is that standard, Caleb? That's good for raising a child. No, 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 explain yourself. That's good for raising a child. How? It had strong skin. No, literally the opposite. No. Are we then, talking about pushing him in the fire? Yeah. Yeah, it builds character. It I think not. it literally charged him off. <laughs> no, no, see, what, then that encourages him to be a firefighter. It makes him a better person. He actually becomes an EMT. I was right! And yet, somehow, <laughs> was right. not a good person not still. A, not a good person. <laughs> okay. shit. So it does not kill him. It just severely burns and disfigures his right arm. He never follows, like, the physical therapy orders and does the exercises. So later in life, he has lost sensation and function. Yeah, so he was this. no longer able to, like, hold a hockey stick as well, obviously, as he could have before. And apparently he had a dream of becoming a surgeon, which seems just ridiculous to oh, me. And yeah, I think no. everybody else in the book as well. And obviously he couldn't be a surgeon without... Yeah, he wanted to be so a his, surgeon. His or his, Apparently his dad wanted him to be a pro hockey player. And I mean, I can see why he'd want to be a surgeon. I can see, like, power over people. Well, he said he wanted to be a surgeon because he was interested in how everything worked inside of a person or an animal and, like, their parts, you know. So. And in his defense, that is reflected throughout the course of the book. I feel like that's more horrifying than what I said. <laughs> he's well, as a surgeon, you do have to have an understanding of how all Yeah, but like works. an interest? Like, anatomy, that just sounds... You might say. Human anatomy. Look, huh. man, science is science. I'm not going to knock a guy for being interested in what your guts I'm going like. to knock this ah. specific kid for... Like, most that. serial killers are <laughs> interested you can knock in Davis the insides you want. of animal yeah. bodies. <laughs> D- Davis is kind of a... Fucking asshole. So, uh, following this incident, Natalie, who is the mother, I don't know if we said her name yet. So, I'll get a quick rundown of the family. So, we've got Albert and Natalie, who are the father and mother. Then we've got Davis, the oldest, and then Corin, the youngest. So, parents, two brothers, grandmother is now dead. We don't need the grandmother's name. She's dead, so. I think they just call her. Oh, that's right. Her name is Glory. That's right. Glory? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So after this incident, they send Corin to an asylum yeah. for three months. This part's fun. I thought he was going to be there for longer, and it's strange because it wasn't like a court-ordered thing. They just sent him there. Yeah, they were worried. They were trying to figure out. I can't. Oh, it was uh, it was the dad who ultimately like talked them into doing it, wasn't it? And then he felt like really guilty about it. But they were. She was like, I wouldn't have been able to handle yeah, I, I think, taking care of uh, Davis and, and then also managing Corin and and Albert refused to stay home. I think you're right. Like he just could not bring himself to take care of his own kids. Yeah. So Especially Natalie was once a, it got home. Natalie was a stay-at-home mom. Albert was a logger, and. I mean, was gonna have to work until the day he died, pretty much. I think I don't know what it's called. Time, Isa, you might know. Like he was the person that like actually oh, hooked up yeah, not like working the, die. Oh, the yeah. logs to like the machine. I don't know. Yeah, he, was, he was the one who chained them up and get them for like loading out. Like he was responsible. So he was. For, like, it was pretty dangerous what he was yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's and it was hard on his body. Yeah, so, it's hard work. Yeah. 
So he was on the road a lot. Um, he would be gone like for weeks at a time sometimes, but he wanted to be because he, yeah. his family. Yeah, we learned he de- uh, deliberately isn't there when the, when they drop corn off at the institution. And when they pick him up, he's deliberately taken jobs so that he couldn't be home for those. Daddy can't hang. But uh, this is all early on from Corin's point of view, and uh, we learned about the exciting uh, Duluth Institution, and it's not great. Sounds very much like an asylum would in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Very American horror story-ish. Yeah. Like, mostly just people who aren't straight. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Shock therapy. No, so it's like there's some truly it's crazy criminal, like, people it's there. Like, yeah. like they beat, the, like they force them to take their pills. They'll like shove them down their throat and the slightest act. Out. Keep in mind, this is a seven year old. Uh, we'll we'll go to it, but essentially, his first day, they beat, they use a hose to force the pills down his throat. This is Davis, right? No, no. this is Corin. Oh, Davis is the one who gets his arm burned. Oh yes, uh, Corin. They use a hose to force <laughs> the pills down his throat. And then they drag him to see the doctor, and when the doctor basically eggs him on about his parents, he snaps and throws the guy's nameplate. And so the doctor's like, okay, well, take him to the special place. And they have the basement where all of the most dangerous, insane, like the people who are like raving, screaming lunatics, they lock them in solitary confinement down there if you behave out at all. This kid, on his first day, this seven-year-old, who got mad that his, you know, he was basically told his parents didn't love him, uh, gets locked in solitary confinement in a basement with serial killers. And they know he's there, so they're screaming at him all night, you know, like, we know you're in there, little boy. Creepy shit like that. Okay. So This is so, going to be good, I feel This like. is also the first sign of, like, Corin's instability, because after, like, spending the whole night down here, at least for the first time, like, no one's bothering him like at least directly like you can hear the people down the hall screaming at him but like no one's coming in no one can see him and he's just like praying that like if you know if nothing else maybe the heart of this like evil building will keep him and he won't have to deal with anything else yeah he's like i just become a part of it yeah and then you know of course the uh what what are they called the the wards that's not right orderlies orderlies thank you uh prison drag him back up to go to his daily meeting. And then um, he has his eighth birthday there. And nobody, nobody comes to see him. Nobody calls. Yeah, no one acknowledges it. So that's, you know, that's sad for a little kid. That's sad for yeah, anybody, I feel like. Up. Yeah. So three months goes by. Natalie comes back to pick him up. And we learn that they did actually drive up to see him on his birthday. And the doctor said they couldn't go in. And the doctor tries to tell her, no, it's not safe to take him home yet. We have more work to do. Because this doctor is a fucking creep. Oh, yeah. he's And probably would have ended up, like, lobotomizing him, I feel like. For sure. Yeah. But Natalie, yeah. actually, this was the one and only time in this book when I had yeah, any she... respect for her. And she was like, I read the fine print. I know I can take him home whenever I want, so go get my child. But they make him sign NDAs. To get him out, and I'm like, well, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah, that's never, <laughs> ever a good sign. Yeah, but she does get him, and they go home, and she feels like she is not taking yeah. home the same son. Yeah, because keep in mind, like, from Corin's point of view, he hasn't seen or heard from his parents in three months. They didn't show up for his birthday. And in his head, he's decided that they just truly don't love him. 
Yeah. I feel like it's easy to come to that conclusion, yeah. Yeah, it's a fair thing to get to at this point, because, again, from his point of view, Davis is constantly a monster, and then they just ignore him, and then when he finally does something bad, they threw him into hell. And he is only eight, so... Yeah. 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 Davis is rewarded for his bad behavior, is how it seems to him, which is how it does... It's largely accurate. Yeah. Yeah. We we do learn as the book goes along that Corrin's point of view isn't maybe the most accurate, but he's not wrong either. Yeah. So we fast forward a little bit, and Corrin is now 22. So we're in the Yeah, Corrin's 22, Davis is 25. And Corrin is at college. He's in a master's program, actually. He's getting yeah, his graduate he's doing his in anthropology. I think so. I think. Um, oh, he's done so, well. And he's done well in school, like, his yeah, whole life. Yeah, he was the valedictorian. He's a perfectionist. That's coming back. Means. Are you sure he was number one? <laughs> he was, was number one. one. Uh, I truly don't know, Asa. The graduating <laughs> class was probably ten people, but hey, valedictorian is valedictorian. Yep. Yeah. yeah, don't try to take that away from him. Even in a he class is very of 10. smart. He didn't You're even get into a weird lesbian war. <laughs> don't try and take that from me. I know I never had it, but don't try. You didn't know what it meant. Oh, I'll try. So he's in school. He's doing well. He's preparing for his thesis. Um, he has a girlfriend. Her name is Maeve. She seems very nice. She's yep. a psychology major. And he has not told her a lot about his childhood, but he knows that he's going to have to if they're going to, you know, take their relationship to the next level, which he does want. I feel like it would be hard dating a psychology major and then talking about that whole experience. He says that. He always feels yeah. like he's becoming a patient. That yeah. she's he's worried. Like, he him. even says when he starts telling her, he's like, remember, I'm your boyfriend. Which I think that would be a hard thing to turn off if you're her. Yeah. And she I admits, know. like, she's interested in... Yeah, it has been the, the whole dynamic time. dynamic between him and his family. And he tells her, finally, one story about Davis, which is when they were, after he'd gotten out of the asylum, but he's still fairly young, him, his father, and his brother all go on a hunting trip together. His brother was always super into hunting. This was Corin's first time going. And Davis, like, shot this deer right through the heart, kills it pretty much instantly, goes up, starts skinning it and everything without any help. Cuts the heart out and then just starts taking yeah, bites takes a bite out, of out of it. Yeah, and then, that's that's uh, what you're supposed to do. That's uh, not no. what you're supposed to do. Uh. Oh, okay. What the? F- <laughs> hey, so what <laughs> happened to you in Vermont? He said he's hunted, but he's probably never actually shot a deer. So. No, I haven't. I did. I like to. I pretty much just went for a walk in the woods with my rifle. I told. I, I told it. you, Ace is yeah. the wrong crowd's favorite. I'd have shot a deer if I saw one. But I never saw any. He never because lasted I got though, because the to second sit. he had to poop, he would walk back to the house. That was the one time. Most of the times, I just walk around in the woods because I get bored sitting. Did and you, if I got to poop, it's done. Did there. You, did you shoot <laughs> anything at all? Why does it matter? I don't want to talk about what I have and have not shot. <laughs> we aren't here to publicly shame Asa. That's it's what it fun, sounds like. Caleb but that's to do not right the now. point of this right, podcast. Let's get back to the story. So Davis is eating the heart and has this weird grin on his face, and then he throws the heart to Corin, and Corin's like, "Ah, gross! Get yeah, that away out. from me!" And then his dad steps in and is like, okay, Davis, that's enough. Like, after the dude has ripped the heart out and has taken a couple of bites, that's when fucking Albert is like, 
Maybe you should stop, you psychopath. Yeah, well, save, yeah. Some, save some if, of that for me. me oh, don't, don't worry. There's, <laughs> no. there's so much more to do. If me and Zach had oh, gone hunting Jesus. and he did that shit, I would have shot him in the back of the head right there. Wow! What? Holy <laughs> shit! Wow, that... You took a that took this, a, this took a weird to turn. Holy Jesus. damn, dude! I think you just I don't like your... maybe talk to you about it, but I guess I'm three times your size. Just out of you really had, acted out and snap you like a twig. Become something that you weren't comfortable with, like yeah. some kind of an animal. If I ever think Zach's gone too far, it'll be the end. Okay. Great. <laughs> Good to know. Have you ever thought Thanks, about talking buddy. to anyone, Caleb? Uh, occasionally. God, okay. So crying for help with Caleb is going to be Caleb and a psychologist we've hired, right? Uh, That's what this is going to be. We're going to yeah, no air shit. his most private moments. We're just going to air his psychology. It's gonna, his psychological I feel like things. the episodes are going to start releasing, and then and like you guys are going to be like, wait, why? We didn't post these. And then you're going to walk in one day, and it's going to be me wearing a wig, talking to, my, <laughs> talking to a mirror. Hello, Caleb. Tell me about your boots. <laughs> And, and Has Zach ever gone too far? <laughs> you should shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. So Zach was right. This is my book. <laughs> so Maeve is very unsettled well, by the Davis and the Deer story. I'm sure. Unsettled by that. <laughs> Uh, and so Corin is trying to, <laughs> he's preparing his thesis. It's not actually, he hasn't, he doesn't have to start it yet, but he's preparing for it it's because good. he wants his thesis to be on like legends or mythical Trying stories. to find the source of what led to like the births of like legends, like vampires, yeah, like it was there a real monster that spurred all of these stories that we have since heard for hundreds of years. All right. And his professor is even like, I think you might be on a wild goose chase, like maybe take it in a different direction. But he tells Maeve this and she actually goes and like finds some books that have some more Research. Yeah, she hears in class about something called, uh, I think it's oh, Wendigo right. Psychosis, uh, which is, I don't know if this is real or not. And I will say, when I don't have, obviously, you guys can't see the cover of the book, but it's like a sort of weird water blotchy, watercolor blotchy, like deer it's skull style stain. cover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the first thing I saw when I thought that and like heard that, I was like, it's a Wendigo. Which, if I guess, if you don't know what a Wendigo is, it's a I don't Native American cannibalistic spirit. It's born basically when a human uh, cannibalizes someone. It's uh, and they literally will turn into a monster. But anyway, so Wendigo psychosis, oh. as Maeve discovers when she's so reading. Sorry. Bless you. I guess we'll edit. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we will. So bad. I'm so sorry. What's happening? Is it the mint? I don't know. Did I don't you know. snort the mint? I don't know. It feels like I did snort it. That's become. Uh, anyways, I hope that doesn't but, happen again. So he reads that Wendigo, or she reads that Wendigo psychosis oh, no. is basically uh, people who get so like worried about themselves, like they feel like part of themselves is missing, uh, and they will basically try when they see that aspect in someone else that they feel like they're missing they will try to take it uh, i think that is the that's like the legend but no the, the, the wendigo disorder. psychosis is what i'm describing now the, i'm reading the, it right now okay well i was about to give the example they gave in the book of a dude it the handyman who 
uh, has like a weak heart, like he's getting old. He's he's got but, heart failure. Yeah, and he ends up uh, doing a handyman work for this politician who's like really strong and boisterous, and he ends up basically killing the politician and ripping out and eating his heart. And suddenly he feels as strong as ever, and it goes on a killing spree for like twenty seven people. But, that, is, that is like a that is a real thing, which but is, I don't think it's called that because didn't Richard Chase? Uh, he had something like that. It was that. similar to that, where... Uh, yeah, uh, again, this isn't a serial killer podcast per se, but the serial, the, I guess he's a serial killer, the killer Richard Chase, uh, had a thing where he thought his body didn't have enough blood, and that he was trying to take it, like, he kept trying to put it into himself from other things, like it rabbits or dogs. It could be similar, or, I don't know, like... It, it's, I, it did remind me of I mean, they, they, there is, like, you know, you think your organs are backwards and things like that, and you, they're, yeah, like, uh, you come up with ways to fix them. But if you're, if you're looking for more inter, inter, information on that, obviously there's books on the internet, I would recommend Last Podcast on the Left, has a wonderful Richard Chase episode, uh, but that's... Four, three? Two. two it's just a two-parter. Two. Mm. Yeah. Right. Uh... Anyways, but that, that's just my personal opinion. We are not a serial killer podcast as much as that saddens Mallory. I'm fine. I see the look in your eye. The hunger. <laughs> that Wendigo psychosis. <laughs> have no desire to eat animal meat most of the time, but yeah, even less it's so. not that kind any. of hunger. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Anyways, anyway. not just okay. any meat, the heart meat. So, anyways, Only that's the heart meat. Yeah, the Wendigo psychosis is like a real world interpretation of the Wendigo myth, where people just think that they need to eat other people's parts to get strong. In the actual Wendigo myth, it does turn you into a monster. Yeah, but anyways, so Maeve reads these and she gives them to Corin to like study and make part of his thesis. And at the same time, because Corin's thesis hadn't gone anywhere, he his teacher's like, maybe go home for spring break, you know, take some time off and, uh, you know, just reevaluate. Look at this from the outside. So he decides he will go home for spring break, which is kind of a big deal because he usually doesn't go home if he doesn't have to. That makes sense. Doesn't sound like I think he went like home go. for Christmas. But other than, like, the major holidays, he doesn't go back. He'll just stay at the college. So he decides to go back, and you can kind of tell he's now thinking about this Wendigo psychosis and kind of comparing it to Davis and him eating the deer, that kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. So yeah. anyways, at this time, we hear from Natalie's side, the mother, and she's talking about how Davis is... You know, he's always commanded all of this attention, and she was so glad that Corin was just this independent kid that they didn't have to worry about because he'd always do, you know, so well for himself regardless. But she was going to make his favorite dinner for him when he came home, and Davis is 25, living at home. Yeah, like, they still take him to... He doesn't really have a job. He is an EMT, but he's a volunteer EMT. Yeah, he got he the certification, but he won't once keep a, a week. job. He still lives with them. He claims that he's taking care of them, but yep. he doesn't yeah. actually do anything to help out at all. And he has lost his driver's license for the Multiple second time. Multiple moving infractions. Yes. So she now has to drive him everywhere, which includes his therapist, which I thought, okay, so I'm going to end Natalie's 
Uh, well, this is within... Yeah, her, her stuff's pretty scattered anyways. Yeah, so then we hear from the psychiatrist or the therapist point of view, which seemed very random to me because it's just one chapter. Yeah, but I mean, like, later we have one chapter from the ranger. This is all... Yeah, it's... I, they, almost anyone... I think the doctor and the orderlies are the only people who don't get a chapter of their own. I yeah. think it's probably an important point of view. Well, she... She decides that she's going to come at him with, like, some different yeah, tactics. Yeah, she's been really... usually she's very nice and understanding, and now he sits down and yeah, she's like, two years you and ever going to get the fuck out of your parents' house, you fucking loser? Like, you're not... Like, what are you actually doing to help them? And he just gets all cocky. I think he does, like, He, talk d- he starts getting aggressive, and at the end, she admits, like, she sees something in his eyes that, like, scared her. But she yeah. was also... She was like, I feel like we were on the verge of a breakthrough. I'm just not sure that I'd be happy with what I found on the other side. Yeah, that's always, you got to wonder what's what's underneath that you're pulling out. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem like anything great for Davis here. Not so much. So no. Natalie has to drive him the two hours back home because he can't drive himself. Got two he's a hours. Loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too many well, there, tickets? They're in rural, rural Minnesota. There isn't a psychologist in their city. Yeah, yeah. I guess. So, and they he's been to multiple doctors and, like, they didn't work out, like, probably because Davis is... Fucking crazy. They pushed harder, and Davis just did. He, Davis later, we get points of view from Davis after at this point, and he starts saying like she's the first therapist who treated him like he was a human being and not like someone to study. And he liked and he, the sound of her voice because he, also he's he did, a fucking creep. Well, yeah, but he did at least mention that like she actually was nice to him, which like we've seen how psychology professionals are in this book up to this point. They're not the greatest. Some people do have just nice sounding voices, also, Mallory. I well, think, coming from Davis, it doesn't sound like a compliment. I'm assuming he only no. liked her voice because she said nice things to him. Yeah, yeah maybe. Well, he even admits that in this last one, when she actually got mean, like harsh with him, he wasn't mad at her. He was afraid that she would think of him less when she found out basically like more about him. Oh, and she probably would. Like, yeah, he he was afraid that she would be disappointed in him. So he does have feelings. He does. We do learn that he has a lot of feelings, actually. He's a big onion. There's Weird. Well, there's not that many layers. He's to a blooming onion. No, there's onion. one layer. <laughs> there's one layer. It's, it's just a really real thick. <laughs> He's a blooming onion. He's been fried. He's got a crust. <laughs> a hardened crust. He's a raw onion. He's burnt. <laughs> so <laughs> he's burnt. God damn it. They're heading home, and you can t- he's just an asshole. Like to his mom, he's like complaint in his head. He's thinking about how annoying his mom's voice is. So shrill. She won't stop talking. He's just super rude to her all of the time. Both of his parents. So it's I don't know. I have very little sympathy. No, for I, I didn't like anyone point. in this family because uh, no, I could tell because Corin had know? that vibe that like we got from Chloe in the last one where he definitely knew he was smart and thought he knew better than everyone else around him. And you're like, I bet he's not saying some stuff. Well, Except that he, unlike Chloe, Corn's also kind of a bastard. He's also, you can tell that there's something more going on because he keeps talking about how he wants his thesis to be, like, amazing. He wants to impress his family. They've never really been impressed with anything he did. And Maeve is like, you should be doing this stuff for yourself to make yourself happy. Like, why are you so focused on what's going to impress your parents? And he's like, well, just because they're my parents. So he's just, like, so ultra-focused on this. And it's like, bro, you're in your 20s. You're in college. Yeah. Like, it sucks, yes. You've already outgrown them, But you got to move on. Yeah. And also, there was some moments where he's, like, talking to Maeve. 
where like he shoots her a look where she's like I like he knew she or she she knew she crossed the line like what look are you shooting her that it's immediately like oh I fucked up real hard and the question's like tell me about your family that. It's not a line that you should be afraid to cross. Oh, fuck, no, I won't. <laughs> I was going to say, I've given some people that look for sure, sometimes even on accident, because I just have a resting asshole face, but probably not for, like, that kind of question. No, I don't think anyone's ever just been like, so tell me about your day, and I'm, like, giving them the death stare. Yeah. You have but resting asshole face? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I think you have RBF, resting beautiful face, Caleb. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Resting bearded face. Resting. <laughs> no comment. Resting bearded face. I know where Asa was going with it. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay, no, you don't. so moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, so we now, you know, we've heard the, the therapist's point of view. We've heard a little bit from Davis, from Natalie. So now Corin arrives home. This is a point when we do briefly get a mention of the beer because he walks in. Davis is sitting in the chair with the beer, watching the hockey game. His mom or his dad opens the door and is just like, oh, it's you. Goddamn, that's yummy. That drink? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I feel like bad. Like, I should have made more. No, no, it's all good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. I, got, I, already, I already got me a pucker on deck, baby. Okay. All right. <laughs> cool. So he comes in. His mom has made his favorite dinner, which she did not tell anybody else that, you know, she was making it for him because she knew Davis would throw a fit if she knew he was doing some or she was doing something specifically for Corin. What yeah. is his favorite dinner? Do we know? It was uh, uh, roast, venison. Yeah, roast venison and gravy and mashed potatoes, I think. Yeah, so like roast good. beef, but with deer meat. Mm-hmm. Is, venison, is that deer meat or elk meat? That's deer. Yeah. No, it's deer. Okay. Yeah. And it, that would be good. And I mean, I that's assume in good. the woods of Minnesota, that's probably a more common meal. Yeah, because they hunt a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to have dinner, and then the next day they're planning on waking up really early, and they're driving up to a cabin that Albert inherited from his father, which is like a hunting camp. Yeah. So they're going up there, and Corin had been under the impression that he was just going to be able to hang out in the cabin. They were going to go out and hunt. But it, what it turns into is they're actually they're doing, doing improvements and repairs to the and cabin. And they're doing beaver trapping, which means they just go out and set traps, and then come back at the place and drink all day. So he was kind of disappointed. Yeah. He wasn't going to be able to think about his thesis and all this stuff. So and he's kind of a little butthole about it. Yeah. He's, which, I mean, I get that you don't like your parents, but even his mom snaps at him just like, just fucking act like you're going to have a good time with your father and brother. Yeah, don't bring this negative Nancy attitude to and the And this table. is when we meet the two nice characters, the first two characters that I'm not immediately like, God, you guys are a lot. And it is Davis's best friend, Tate, who like looks like just like a human linebacker, just six foot five. They say he's 230 pounds, which is 70 pounds lighter than me, but I assume he's bigger than me. <laughs> Yeah, they said he was just, like, thick, like, muscle. Yeah, he's a big dude, like, all muscle. Yeah. And then his six-year-old sister, Addie. Who, he pretty much takes care of his sister because their father had died and their mother is a raging alcoholic. Yeah. All right. So, so anywhere Tate goes, Addie comes with him. Got it. And Tate Got is it. the only one that can really tolerate Davis and kind of keeps him in check a little bit. Yeah, for some reason... Davis will listen to Tate when he won't listen to anyone else. And he also kind of tolerates Addie. Like, he'll let Addie touch his burned arm, and he doesn't, like, freak out. Like, he just pulls his arm away rather than freak out. So, it's a weird situation. And Tate even, like, from his point of view, is like, I know Davis is an asshole, but I feel like he's not all bad. Yeah, he's like, I've seen him do nice things. He's like, 
has a memory of when he was 16. One time. He has a one memory he of gives, him not being a dickbag. He gives one example, but <laughs> okay. he does say that there's he's seen him do it a few times. He knows that, like, somewhere underneath him, like, Davis does care. He has a soul, maybe. Yeah. Mm. What was the one nice thing? A girl tripped uh, walking into school, and all of her books, like, fell out of her hands, and, like... Like, they started started to laugh at her, and then all of a sudden, Davis just, like, his whole demeanor changes. He just hits Tate and tells him to stop, goes over, helps her, like, picks her stuff up, and then is like, stop fucking running. You're not in any rush. No one cares if you're late. And then sends... Yeah, like, the bell for school. Like, helps her and then just talks mean, but, like, doesn't do anything bad. Hmm. He was just hoping to get laid. Possibly. Maybe. No, he probably did that nice. I'm gonna give it... I will give it to him. I don't know what I'm... I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. okay if you don't know how you feel about anyone at this point in this book because they're doing their best to make everyone except for Tate, Maddie, fucking as, suck. As a professional asshole myself, sometimes you just slip up on the job. You do a nice thing. <laughs> God damn it. I love to get first-hand accounts, so thank you. Uh, I'm here so for my expert opinion. This dinner, uh, Davis tries to take all of the food before yeah. anybody else has any, and his mother is like, you need to put some back. Everybody else needs to eat. And he's like, well, maybe you should have made more food, you dumb bitch. And it's did just he actually like, call her yes. Bitch. Yeah, I believe he did call what? her. What? He does. Just, and they just like totally like Albert gets up and just goes down to the basement. Starts. He never comes up shit. in the first place. He does eventually. Oh yeah. Come up. He's got just one starts, arm. Uh, just smack him around. I don't know. Just starts sharpening his chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I got stuff. I got stuff to do. I gotta go sharpen my axe. So more. it's just like this is. One day. The whole thing is, like, Davis and then, like, him and Corin just constantly bickering when they're around each other. Like, I was like, I'm getting annoyed just reading this, and I was not yeah. sitting at that table. Yeah, I'm just... honest. I'm with you. Normally, we fight a little bit about our, how we view some people's behaviors. Not this time. No. <laughs> I'm right there with you. These yeah. two kids suck. I guess these also... two 25-year-old children suck. We yeah, also get a, um, a glimpse of Corin's, like, bad side to me this was my first like i knew he was kind of like a whiner but at this point he's like addy comes in and he sees her like touching davis's arm and then she sits at the table his mom like sets a special place for her and he's like what is this little girl doing like he's almost jealous of addy at this point like now they're showing addy attention they never showed me that kind of attention and it's like bro she's six yeah like you're 22 yeah, this is another, like another one of those things. Like 25. he, uh, like at first you're like, okay, well, Davis is an asshole. But the problem is, is you realize from Corey's point of view, he also defines himself by his hatred of his brother because he's like, yeah, I'm working on my thesis, and Tate's like, oh, that's really cool. Tell me about it. And so he tells him a little, like he realizes that Tate was showing genuine interest and starts talking about it. But while he's doing it, he's deliberately watching Davis because he knows it's going to make Davis mad that his best friend is talking to Corin and showing any attention to him at all. And he's deliberately still doing this, knowing that it will piss David off. Like, that's why he wants to do it. Not because he wants to talk about his thesis with Tate, but because he wants to piss off Davis. Nice. It's nice. just like yeah. okay, let's. Yeah, they're they're both they're both I, assholes. So many times throughout this book, I was like, I feel like all of this—not all of them, but this family—all of their problems or a lot of them could be solved 
if they just sat in a room and openly said their thoughts. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, because, I doubt it. No, that like, is not the way to solve no. problems. Well, Corin is no. sure, like, they never wanted a second child. I was so unwanted. That's what Davis told me. And then Davis, even from his point of view, he's like, I never wanted another brother. I hate him. Blah, blah, blah. And then we hear that, like, Natalie and Albert didn't plan to have a second child, but she always wanted a second child. And when she got pregnant, they were happy about it. Yeah, but it's like, like maybe if we so could like, just discuss this. I feel like because like like it's not important therapy. to how the plot plays out, but we do learn a little bit later. Turns out that Natalie did want a second child, and Albert didn't. And one night when he comes home drunk, she basically forces herself on him to get that kid. I don't think it said that she. Forced yes, it him. Does. not you. Know, she she basically manipulated him to get that kid. Whatever, Albert. He'd made it clear he didn't want one, and she went for it anyways. Had sex. Nah, it was the you, 60s. You know what I mean. Jesus. It's made clear that <laughs> get she, out, guys. she, even in her own <laughs> thoughts, knew she was taking advantage of him at that time. All right. Well, whatever. If from Albert's point of view, he does love both his sons. And he's like, I just wish I had a good relationship with both of my sons. But again, like, Davis is just so difficult. So I'm just going to go downstairs or make sure I'm out of town instead of actually doing something about it. Like sitting down and being like, we need yeah. to discuss why you're such a dickbag. And he also wants to kick David out, or David, Davis, out yeah. of the house because he's not working. He doesn't contribute. He's like, he's never going to learn. But then from Natalie's point of view, she's like, he's my baby. I'll take care of him until the day I die. Yeah, and I I'm like, subs- we need to get on the same page here. Yeah, like, oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe you guys just need to divorce and just let the kids. You guys just need to separate to the four winds. Yeah, just... You have all defined yourselves by each other, and that was all the wrong thing to do. Natalie's like, I just always wanted the perfect family. I just wanted the perfect family over and over. And it's like, you ignoring all of these problems is not making anything perfect. It's not going to get you that perfect family. No. 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 Are we boring you, Caleb? What? No. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) I'm just imagining eating this dinner, and it's making me tired because I'm full in my mind. We had a real dinner like a little while ago that you wanted no part of. Caleb had six tacos. He probably I really ate six tacos. And you had one of bite of <laughs> Uncrustable. I did eat... Little C's Uncrustable? Yeah, Little C's Uncrustable. <laughs> I did eat one bite of an Uncrustable, which I don't think I even had when I was a kid. They did. That's a new thing. I think we just had to cut I don't the... Think, I don't think it's new, we but had to I don't cut think it was around when off. we were kids. Well, it wasn't in that perfect little circle already frozen and ready just... I know all the kids in, well, I've got, uh, in school were jealous because mom would, like, do cookie cutters, so I'd have, like, sandwiches in the shape of stars. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> For her little boy, Caleb. Nice. Yeah. All the kids <laughs> in school were jealous. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So and eventually it went on so long. I had ways I'd eat the specific sandwich depending on what shape it was. Would you eat like the head off the dinosaur first? Yeah, like I'd go for like the head first and like the stars. I'd eat all the corners and then eat the middle. You know, like on one hand, like it seems dark that you eat the head off like of a like a cookie character first, but like also easiest part to bite. It's just out there. Well, also, I mean, no, but it's it not dark because the middle starts somewhere. If you take that's out their fair. limbers, you know, they got to feel their arm. And also, I said I'd eat a candy bar alive. Yeah, we. I guess we did cover that. If it was actually alive, of course you start feet go up. 
We should get that therapist. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm continuing ready. on. This awkward dinner is now over. Albert is like, guys, we got to get all of our gear ready tomorrow because we're waking up and leaving at like 3.30 three. in the morning. No, he wants gone at 3. He's mad at Davis in the morning when he's not ready by 3.30. Yes. So, Jesus. they all pack up their gear. It's March. I'm guessing March, April-ish in Minnesota. So, it's still cold. There's still snow and ice on the ground. It's chilly. They want to get up there early, get these traps out, you know. Dark until 8 o'clock still, too. Yeah. Yeah. So so they, um, they're they all packing their shit, or they're all supposed to be packing their shit up. Uh, Addie falls asleep on the couch, and they move her to Corin's room so that she doesn't get woken up in the morning. Well, this also pisses off Corin because he yeah. has to sleep on the couch. Because he has to give his bed this to a 6 This just gives them another reason to be very annoyed with a 6-year-old child. So they wake up. Everybody is awake, getting ready. There's coffee, except for Davis. So Tate goes in to try to wake Davis up. He won't get up. He's just being a pain in the ass. And they don't end up hitting the road until, like, two hours after they had planned on. And at this time, we hear from Addie, who wakes up in the bed when everybody wakes up initially around Yeah, she's terrified to be without Tate. She does not want him to leave her for the weekend. So she, while everybody, she can tell, like, which room in the house everybody is at, she gets up, puts her boots on, and go and hides in the car, like, underneath, like, the sleeping bags and that kind of stuff so that they won't realize she's there. Sounds smart. All right. I'm good. I did this. They hit the road. Um, at some point, she starts to get really hot. Well, there, there is a brief moment where Albert freak like he's the one who goes and finally gets Davis out of bed, and he fully freaks out on Davis. Oh, and, and it's like, him. yeah, like why can't you be as responsible as Corin? Like he actually got his life together. He's going somewhere. You just sit around and waste my fucking life. Waste my money. I'm never gonna be able to stop working. Like, yeah, that's the whole thing. But Corin's like Corin hears it and still gets mad. Yeah, he Even has, though his dad openly complimented him. Yeah, he he just is going to hate his father regardless because he lets Davis act this way. Mm-hmm. Which, it's like... He's again, literally in there trying now. He does, let to a certain point, let him act this way, but also get over it or, you know, stay away from your family. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, don't go home. Yeah, stop going home. No, no one said you had off. to go home for spring break. You could have just taken a break. Technically, yeah. his teacher said... He's, yeah, he did. His teacher didn't order him to do it. It was advice. And even if he I did, I mean, you don't have to follow not, your teacher's orders. Exactly. His teacher doesn't know his family situation. <laughs> I'm just Most saying, people, technically, like, someone did. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Thanks, fucking professor. I'm backing up the main character. Details he, over we there. We aggressively don't want you to do that in this book. Listen, I. Caleb is always the devil's advocate. He doesn't know. even know who the devil is I'd yet. say that you'd come to regret your decision, but I know that you won't. <laughs> I'll never regret my life. <laughs> From this point on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll discuss it next episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, they get in the car. They start driving away. Addie pops out. They realize that she's there. And I think they decide they're going to go to the cabin radio... Natalie to let yeah the the kids there yes um but I think they're gonna let her stay because she yeah, doesn't want to go she home. says that uh Corin can just babysit her while Tate and them that's right the and traps. then Corin's again he's like oh now I gotta be a fucking babysitter so and then the plot <laughs> finally fucking well let's wait so we pop off to Maeve for a second who is still at school and oh, yeah. she has this terrible nightmare. Where she, like, gets up in the night, and Corin is, like, hunkered in the corner of her room, like, eyes are black, 
He's like, does he have like blood and shit on his face? Yeah, he's eating and... some sort of like raw meat on the floor. Yeah, and then she like wakes up from this nightmare screaming, and then she just has this super bad feeling. So mm. she drives to Corin's hometown, like she knows, or she breaks into like the or has a friend look into his records at the school so she can find his address, and then she drives there or she starts heading that way. Yeah, and then uh, so... Natalie realizes Addie is gone. Yes. She And she's freaking out. Tries to tell Addie's mom, who's a drunk who literally just blames Natalie for losing the kid, and then goes back inside and goes to sleep. She literally is like, you're such a terrible mom, to Natalie. Yeah, she's <laughs> drunk at four, like five, or no, eight in the morning. Won't go help this lady find her kid. Hmm. So, like, the yeah. mom, go, or Natalie goes to the police station, is like, hey, we need help, I need help finding this kid. I don't know where she is. And, the, uh, and he's like, have you informed the mother? And she's like, yeah, it's... So-and-so. Uh, Corrine, whoever. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess we can just do this without her. <laughs> just immediately knows she's useless. He's like, she's probably fine, but, you know, I'll put some calls out. I'll let you know what I hear. So Natalie goes home. And at this time, she's heading home. Maeve is heading to the house. They're in the car driving towards the cabin. And... They uh, describe the car. It's very, very old. Corin, Addie, and Tate are sitting in the back, buckled up. Albert and Davis are sitting in the front. The seatbelts are so old that they're just not there anymore. Yeah, they're not in the front seat. And the passenger's side front door... Um, you can kick it open. Yeah, the, it doesn't latch like nice. correctly. It does latch, but with any sort of pressure on it, it just Yeah, you can you just push it open with a hard shove. So, you know, <laughs> weather's not great. They had kind of swerved a little bit at one point. When Addie popped up. Yes, and, and then, then uh, Albert asks for uh, some coffee and thermos. Davis just ignores him. And he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And leans all the way over, like on an icy road, it, you know, Six in the morning, maybe. And then Corin notices that there's a black bear in, in the, the middle road. of the road. Yeah. So uh, he's like, bears. Dad, there's a bear. So Albert gets up. They clip the bear. They're swerving all over. They, they ramp over off a pile bank. of dirt that the plows had made and just go smashing into the woods. Mm. So and we leave them there. It starts. And then Maeve shows yes. up at the house. Natalie is like, who are you? And so yeah, they do their introductions. It instantly gets very deep. Oh, yeah. Natalie <laughs> fully, like... Just unloads. Yeah, completely snaps in the face of a stranger and tells her everything about Corin, Everything that's ever gone wrong with her family, with Davis, with Albert, with Corin, Just the whole truth and nothing but. So As Natalie sees off. never knew that Corin had pushed Davis into a fire. She didn't know he was uh, institutionalized. Natalie shares that she had found Albert's mother, so grandma, the diary, and that her husband had abused her pretty much their entire marriage. She wasn't sad when he died. And when Davis was born, she was like, he has, he has his, his grandfather's eyes. eyes. And so that's kind of why she hated him from yeah, the beginning. And she openly hated him. Yeah, and... Uh, Natalie is like, I just always wonder if that's why he is the way he is. Which, no, fuck no. He was there not that often. Right. (laughs) She's like, I didn't realize it, though, till after. Like, she found her journal after the grandma died. Read it and then burned it. And never told Albert any of this. Yeah, never told anyone. 
She really Until like Maeve, this person that she just met. You meet a stranger who says they're a psychologist, and you're like, ah, I could do, I can tell them everything. <laughs> hey, are you ready for all the darkest secrets you've ever heard? No. Too Perfect. bad. So, now we go back to the crash site. I feel site. sad for the first random stranger who says, hey, I'm in psychology. I'll be like, everything. I'm going to do this whole thing on him. Okay. <laughs> hey, are you interested in being in a podcast this second? <laughs> The problem is I'll never meet anyone that smart. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Caleb. Not with that attitude. <laughs> Not with that attitude. You're wow. a bummer today. <laughs> yeah, you really are. Yeah, can what? you go grab another drink I mean, you don't or have something? Your yeah, pocket, you don't have I think your it's maybe time for drink pocket, corner number two. God damn. All right, so like, so like drink corner then? Yeah, we can have a drink corner. I think everyone's reloaded at this point. Uh, Mallory, what do you, what do you got? Uh, I've switched to a Menarca Rosé. I gotta play it pretty cool tonight because I've got to wake up early tomorrow. Babysitting yeah. little C? Yes. Fun. I'm a babysitting. Fun. I'm wrestling a dog right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh I'm still rocking that Huckleberry Pucker I finished after or that or that I started after I finished that uh the bootlegger, which easily my favorite of the drinks we've done so Not far. Not bad. Very crisp and refreshing. Yeah, nice. Like a lemony mojito. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Could you guess my drink by the click? If not, it was a White Claw pineapple. <laughs> nice Those of you out there who know, know. You know. Uh, uh, it's in a can? It's ingrained in your nightmares. It's in a can that is taller than it is wide. Yeah, most, most QZs don't, uh, don't, don't hold it real well. They don't come that shape? Weird. Uh, Asa, what do you got? Uh, so I have, I recently learned how to pronounce it. It is called the Canuckler. I swear. We did call it the Catnuckler on accident at when, first. <laughs> when Asa said Catnuckler, and then I repeated the word Catnuckler, he said but cat with a K. Uh, not, apparently meaning the T was a K. <laughs> not the C was a K. Yeah, hey, you didn't ask and I didn't. I didn't have to You tell. didn't tell? Anyways, you know, uh, we didn't do this part of the conversation cats. in the podcast, did we? No. Okay. I'll edit that if I need to. Um, all right. So the Canuckler is brewed by Water Buffalo Brewery. Non-sponsored. And it's it's pretty good. Pretty Again, good. we... Non-sponsored. Which, and what, oh, in I spite of our best efforts, have released nothing. Yeah. And no one could sponsor us if they wanted to. I was getting there. To what, I can throw $10 in no, Zach. Okay. Does that count as being sponsored? No. You work for me. So I don't have to read the If back. I give you a quarter every time you say my name, is that not me sponsoring you to say my name? I... I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. And a yeah. bouquet of floral hops. Exactly. This conversation went two very different directions. I don't know which one they picked up I more. I feel like you guys are a little bit Corin and Davis right now. All right. Maybe. Zach, did, Zach didn't throw me into a fire, but he right, did shove on. me down the stairs. I what is going on in there? not. God damn. Why is everybody yelling? <laughs> Zach because Caleb wants to shoot me in the head. It's more like he Zach threw me down, down the, the stairs. stairs. No, I didn't. I just have to get payback. I dropped you. It's different. I, I don't blame <laughs> Zach right now. I don't either. <laughs> I wish he'd succeeded, but here we are. Oh, he okay. did succeed. In wow, the drink. You, it that's like. not true. Drink reload didn't fix your bummer. <laughs> this okay. is all an act right, for the podcast. We're, so I'm going to take us back to the out of crash this site. <laughs> so we're Thank at the you. crash site. Thank the car so is uh, upside down, so landed on its hood. And the two or the three, 
No. Two, wearing their seatbelts are still in the car. So Tate and Corin are still in the car, seatbelted in. The kid was not seatbelted no, in. She no, because she had in the out. trunk. Oh, man. Yes, oh. so he does not know where his dad, Albert, Davis, or Addie is. So he kind of comes to, like, drops himself from the seatbelt, uh, undoes the seatbelt that Tate's in. He thinks Tate's dead. And then he kind of loses consciousness again. Yeah, he's in and out for a bit. It, yeah. And it's revealed eventually when Tate sees him, he's fucked up. He's got a massive, like, his eyeball is... Swollen out of his face. Out. Wait, and who is this? I missed the... Corin. Okay, Corin, sorry. Tate is all tore up. Like, his arm is pretty, like, I'm assuming dislocated. Oh, it's, it's compound broken. Yeah, fracture. he's got he bone sticking out. He has a compound fracture. So it's pretty bad. He's in a lot of pain. They all have broken ribs. Um, so, and then there's the bear shows up and is like poking around the car. It's like trying. It's actively really trying mad that it got hit by a car. So and it's, it's injured brave itself, for a black bear. Obviously, He's, it's revealed it's an old like mama black bear. And she's fucking pissed. And she's a legend. Like the yeah. ranger is even like, God, people are gonna be so sad when they find out she's dead. All right, all right. So it's kind of sad. That's something. So he's like, she's swiping in at the car trying to get them. There's broken glass everywhere. So they're trying to, he's trying to slide him and Tate's body out of the way without, you know, landing on glass and this and that. And then finally, like, he hears, like, his dad screaming, like, hey, come and get me over here. Like, his dad is trying to draw the bear away from them to save them, which I'm like, good on you, Alan. Yeah, for, like, this is a weird pivot in the book where, like, the people who sucked kind of start to shine a little bit, and some of the other people really go a different direction. You know, moments of stress. People really like up to this themselves. point. Like <laughs> Davis and Albert suck really hard, and Tate and Corin are generally the better of the bunch. And then Addie is a six-year-old <laughs> and fine. She's kind of she's pretty neutral. She's nice enough. She's a, she's a scared yeah. six year old. She's a very traumatized six year old. What's up? And the everything flips at this point. So you said it's about March in Minnesota right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I would just like to say I'd imagine this black bear has recently woken up from hibernation and Rub- is fucking Rub- hungry and angry. Maybe still in a sleepy stupor of some sort. Well, now she's probably in a concussive She's trying. Now she's fucking even more pissed. Yeah, she's trying to eat Albert, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to say the pacing here Mm -hmm. is really disjointed. Like, it jumps from character to character, like, every third paragraph. And the timeline isn't always the same. Like, it'll follow characters up to a point, and then it'll catch another character up to that point, and... Like it's not it's not all happening at once or it's all happening at once but not exactly the same time. It's really weird. All right. It's really interesting, like very engaging, but like I can't wait to hear about it. So Corin uh goes he's like, Tate, you gotta wake up, uh, and goes chasing after his dad. He's like, Tate can take care of Addie. I'm gonna go after my dad. Uh and he goes running off and we don't hear from Corin for a bit. And we finally switch to Davis's point of view. Who Davis finally kinda doesn't suck. He shows up and, like, basically when the car flipped, because he was at the door that just pops open and doesn't have a seatbelt because it's just literally not in the car anymore, he just falls out of the car. Like, he's really bruised but is otherwise fine. I think he's got, oh like, God. some broken ribs, maybe he said. But I think that was Corin, but... Well, and Tate and Albert. Yeah, and everyone's really fine. I think uh, Davis is mostly fine other than bruising and, obviously, his burnt-ass arm. Yeah, uh, so he's... 
He's That's doing the best. But like, he shows up. He <laughs> helps. Like, he finds that Tate's managed to pull himself out of the car, but passed out immediately. So, like, he does, like, basically, like, emergency, like, field dressing on EMT the cut in stuff. his leg, tries fixing his arm, gets it bandaged, tries to sterilize it, sets a fire so that they can get water, like, does everything he can to, like, legitimately save his friend, gets some food, like, does it he... takes them a bit because they're both in and out of consciousness because they just and fucking flipped in a car. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then gets up to go try and find his dad and his brother and Addie. And Tate told him, you know, the bear was poking around. Your dad, like, drew her away, but Corin went after him. Yeah. So. And then we jump to the dad's point of view. And he's running from this bear, and it chases him basically almost all the way to their camp. Uh, And he manages to wedge himself between two boulders and hides from the bear for, like, 20 minutes, like, while this bear is trying to get at him. And eventually the bear, like, the bear, like, snaps its head and, like, looks in a different direction and goes running off. And it's corn. And he, like, gives him a minute, like, he, like, gives it a minute and goes out and, like, looks like the bear's gone. And uh, he starts, like, he's like, oh, cool, I know this spot. Like, my I'm dad used to take me here when I was young. Like, he's like, I can get back to the uh, cabin. I can see me for help. And I can save everyone. And he makes it, like, four steps and gets something, knocks him to the ground, starts ripping up his back, tears his fucking arm off. And he's basically, he's like, and that's when he finally gave in to being eaten alive by a bear. And here I was like, I did not see that I do not know a lot about bears, but my first thought was, how many bears are cracking you over the head? Like, they'll hit you in the head. Like, it they pro- can decapitate it, you. It probably just dropped from I the tree and landed on I it when I read it as, like, it just tackled him. Oh, okay. Like, just skull to skull. Oh, okay. But we are... Uh, yeah, we just... We'll, we'll stop there. But this. also, I thought, do bears have the, like, the mindset where he's like, well, I can't get him right now, but maybe if I pretend like I'm leaving, he'll come out and then I get him. I don't know. Like, there I are some... Like, I know there are like some animals that'll, like, stalk around and wait, but I don't know if a concussed bear will. That's why I was I'm just kind of like, this yeah. seems out of character when there's other injured, bleeding people. Because can't they smell blood really well? They I mean, have a real good sense they of got smell. Good yeah. Wilderness yeah. expert Ace, uh, how do you feel about black bears? Oh, man. Love They're, them. Uh, I mean, I don't have a strong... Uh, do a black bear call. No. no how no. many black <laughs> bears have you hunted in your life? I've never hunted a black bear, but I've seen melt multiple in their natural habitat in the middle of the woods. Okay. <laughs> and it's scary. You don't want to get too close. I'm sure. I don't think we should hunt bears. They are to be respected. No. Well, oh, I've never like been a big anything. fan of hunting in general. I'm not a hunter. There's yeah. uh, like, all life is sacred. Guns are cool. I've never been a big fan of shooting anything alive with them. Guns are cool. They are. It's in a tube that fires explosive metal. That's rad as hell. Like, Just you don't, don't actually. I'm not actually comfortable with like killing things. You don't yeah. shoot things alive. You shoot things dead. All right. Okay. I would just like to say we're that gonna go black, back to corn now. Black bears uh, <laughs> primarily eat berries and yeah, things. that's what I said. It's weird that it's trying to eat yeah, a person. Yeah, it's not but like let's see. ripping well, arms off. But it's and fucking hungry. Just woke up brains. from hibernation, been asleep for. Oh, it'll fuck you up. Three, four months, you know. So we jump back to Corin, who's he's got cracked ribs, his eyes bulging out of his skull. He doesn't really realize that. He just knows that something's wrong with it. He's moving through, uh, and all of a sudden he's. Like, watching, like, something weird in his head fucking clicks. I don't know what it was. 
like their dot his dialogue got real hard for me to read. I was just like, this fucking guy got real weird. Uh, and he's what like he's watching the bear try and get at his dad in between the boulders. Mallory, are you making a face? I feel like you've moved way ahead here. It's, this seems like the same time frame. He's you, moved you, ahead. It, it's I mean it's the same rough time frame. I'm like I said I'm trying so many. Fucking point. You skipped the ranger entirely. I guess I did. And you skipped him to collecting <laughs> Addy. What? He doesn't get Addy till after the dad thing. Right, but we don't know that in the uh, Okay, sorry. We skipped Addy's point of view, is what you mean. I think. Okay, well, you're Unless just telling I'm the story lost. out of order, but that's... I was telling the story in actual timeline, I guess, but anyways, so uh, Mallory's corrected me, and maybe I'll strike this from the record, maybe I won't. <laughs> Maybe Zach will look a fool no more. <laughs> uh, okay, so Addie sees... Uh, we jump to Addie's point of view. Addie thinks that her brother and Corin are dead when she wakes up in the car crash. She doesn't see Albert. She doesn't see Davis. And so she just freaks out and goes running into the woods. She's just terrified. Oh, she, no. like, she broke her nose. Her nose is bleeding really bad. Her face hurts. But yeah. she, other than that, she seems to yeah, be Yeah, Tate uninjured. managed to hold on to her well enough. It just was when he broke his arm and passed out, he dropped he, her. Yeah, then she broke her I nose. I can't believe it. I can't uh, believe it. Jesus. <laughs> Rough for a six-year-old. Uh, and so she finally finds Corin out in the woods, except he's got, like, a deformed eye. His ribs are broken. But and like, she's crying, and he's literally like, "Stop crying! That's up. annoying." Yeah. <laughs> like it's. But hard. then he walks over to her. He holds like her scarf up to her nose. Is pretty gentle. Like tries to help stop the bleeding or whatever. And then they start walking. And at this point, he's clearly being a dick to her. He's annoyed by her talking, asking questions, anything. How slow she's walking. And a part of me is like, I know he was annoyed with her to begin with. He's got a head injury, most likely. So maybe he's just short of patience right yeah. now. And then we jump to the ranger, or sorry, the deputy. For, technically, we jump to the deputy for a brief moment, who's calling the ranger. He's like, hey, dude, get up. Go find these people. I know you're a na- t- napping out at your ranger station. <laughs> and then we jump to the ranger's chapter. <laughs> and the ranger's chapter. like, this motherfucker. Always talking down to me. I'll get to it after my morning paperwork. He's like, go look for the kid. I'm not fucking heartless. Yeah, they're probably fine. And so he goes looking for him, doesn't see anyone at the camp, uh, shows up at, like, sees the black bear on the side of the road, and he's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Prior to this happening, he did see the crash site. He saw the skid marks going off the road. Oh, shit, you're right. Tate. (laughs) Tate is still at the fire because Davis was like, I have to leave Tate behind. The only way I can save us is if I leave Tate here. He'll understand. If I stay here, we're going to be here till it's dark. We're going to freeze to death. They're going to freeze to death. So this ranger shows up. He sees the crash site. He sees a guy sitting down there. He goes over. He sees it's Tate. He gets Tate up. They walk to the truck. Like, Tate basically just leans on him, gets him into the truck, and he's like, I'm going to take you to the camp. There's a radio. Because Tate is like, I have to find my sister. That's all he can think about. He's like, the only way you can help your sister right now is to get more help. Like, we need a search party. So he takes him to the camp, to the cabin. He creates a huge fire, and he gives him the radio. And he's like, just click between these two channels, the sheriff and the ranger station, and don't stop until you get a response. So that's what Tate is doing. So at this time, the ranger leaves the cabin. He's driving back down the road, and he sees, like, 
this huge like animal off to the side of the road and that's when he's like oh god damn it people are going to be so sad this fucking bear is dead and then he hears something crying and he keeps walking and he looks and sees this little girl like literally cuddled right up next to the bear and he's like Addie, is that you? And she turns around and looks at him and he's like, you know, we got to get you out of here. And then all of a sudden there's just like a huge crack over his head. Yeah, and that's the end of the Rangers chapter. Wow. Huh. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So right now we've got Natalie and Maeve at the house. The sheriff has shown up. He's telling them that there's been a crash. So we've got that. Now we go back to the crash site. Tate is now at the cabin. He's calling for help. He finally does get a hold of somebody, the sheriff, I believe, tells them they need help. There's like four people missing, three or four, whatever it is. Um, And then we've got Albert, who we now know is dead. We've got the ranger, presumed dead. And then we have Davis, who's looking for pretty much anybody. Yep, yep. And then we have Corin and Addie who are together, but also just kind of wandering the woods, fairly lost, although Corin now thinks he knows kind of where he's going. Davis has a pretty good... Yeah, Davis knows the path he from knows, the wreck yeah. to where they're going. And he knows he needs to eventually get to the cabin. It's starting to get darker. It's already he's starting like, to get colder, to... and it's starting to snow. Yeah, he so... needs to get the radio to get Tate help. So I think, like, probably Davis is the next it's person next. to... Well, regardless, oh. I mean... So Corin and Addie are still wandering around. Um, and I think at this point is when we realize Corin is a bit of a turd. Yeah. Can I do Corin's chapter? Sure. Should we? Don't fuck it up. I will. Don't worry. I've never <laughs> failed to do that before. <laughs> Uh, so we follow Corin, as I was getting into erroneously earlier. Uh, he's managed to catch up to the bear and his dad. And he sees, like, the bear, like, batting at, like, the boulder that his dad's hiding uh, between. And he starts laughing. Like, he's like, huh, this is fucking serves him right, that fucking asshole. Like, it's his fault we got in this accident anyway. Yeah, look, if you just managed Davis, we wouldn't be in this fucking mess. And, uh... Basically, is just like ends up laughing too loud, and that's what the bear hears and turns and goes off in that direction. Huh. Oh. All right. And then the bear just eventually gets bored and leaves when it. No, doesn't... the bear gets afraid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because he's like, "Come at me," and he's like, "Even the bear." He, oh like, yeah, because in, in his head, his he's eye. like, "I'll eat you, bear." He's like, "I'll take your heart." I'll like you. Like you'll you know. Make like if I ate you like they did in those books, like that'd be the strongest thing I ever ate. And the bear's like, oh, okay. I think what he thinks to himself is, "You're stronger than all of the others I've had," and that's when you know this has probably been going on for a bit. I didn't read it that way, but I could be wrong. It's literally I, like the, I think the exact words that he says at some point is like more. I think like, this was hard. I think than you're all conflating that because Davis does eat hearts. No, I'm definitely not. If we had the book here, I could confirm. All right, yeah, I forgot the book. That's my bad, guys. And where's your book? My book was his book! I bought the book, and then he had to borrow it. Oh, wow. Nice work, Zach. (laughs) Also, I mean, what you're supposed to do in the face of a black bear is make yourself big, and then it runs away. That's cougars. Uh, You're supposed to lay on the ground. No, that's bears. bears. You play dead. No, that's grizzly bears. That's all bears. Bears. Bears No, you scare a black bear, you lay down for a grizzly bear. 
And then you're just dead if it's a polar bear. There's a rhyme for this. I just don't remember what it is. Uh, you may be right. Like I don't miss rhyme. Right, guys are quite scared of people. It, do- it doesn't typically. matter. The bear's scared of being eaten by this weird bug-eyed kid. Uh, As it clearly should be. I feel like if they... Eh, anyways, never Because Corin sees his dad uh, get out of the, uh, the rocks and start going to the cabin, and he charges up behind his dad and hits him in the back of the head with a fucking rock and then pulls a knife out and starts cutting the meat off of his ribs and eating it and flips him over, cracks open his ribs, pulls out his fucking heart and eats it. And we're still talking about Corin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the dude. Oh, my gosh. And then he flips it over so it looks like a bear mauled him. Jesus So Christ. this is a cute little rhyme, Caleb. A little dark. If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lay down. If it's white, say goodnight. That's the exact rhyme. Nice. Nice work, Caleb. That's the exact rhyme. I'm I knew prou- it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I did not expect you to know that. Of course I do. I'm terrified of bears. Everyone knows this. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I'm not actually afraid of... So, friggin' Corin, yeah, eats his dad's heart, can't finish all of it, sticks it in his fucking coat pocket, and then goes wandering off. And then he finds Addy, and he's like, uh... I mean... Maybe I should eat her, maybe not. Hearts are like, what, this is supposed to be the size of your fist, and then the stomach is like the size of two fists? No, that's your brain. Fuck, I don't remember how big his stomach is. Well, we know are the you getting are all of this? You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> my high school... And I think you're correct, but... My I, high school, that's how they told us to remember the size. One fist and then Are you getting for a new title, Weird Fact Caleb? Am I not... Was I not already there? I've said some weird things. Yeah, you podcast. are. I actually have a segment I've been building called Caleb Facts. Yeah, look at that. At this point, <laughs> I think we need to know just the heart fact, which we've, we've got. I think it's fist-sized, yeah. Anyways, he only eats about half of it. He comments that the cartilage around the valves is too difficult. He didn't uh, want to break a tooth on it. Yeah, he's a yeah, that makes sense. dad's heart wasn't worth that. Like, okay, well, I guess murdering him was fine, but can't trip a tooth over it. Well, also, didn't he want to eat strong things, and didn't he think his dad was weak? Well, this was how he got his dad's love. Ah, okay, I see yeah, what it is. You, you, I wouldn't want to chip my tooth on a heart if I was going to eat one either. Well, he, Anyways, he puts so the remaining meat he in catches his pocket up to, and catches up to Addie, and then we get her point of view. Like, it flashes back kind of through her point of view. And then they're walking with her, and she's like, I'm hungry. And he's like, fine, whatever. Here's this. And she's oh. like, that's meat. It's evil. Because she's, she's afraid of eating meat. And he's like, it's fine. Just fucking eat it if you're hungry. And, uh... The kid eats this guy's dad's heart, not knowing any better. What the fuck? And she's a vegetarian. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's also raw meat. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. What is happening? Yeah, so uh, he feeds this fucking kid the heart, and then he's wandering around, and they find the dead bear, and he goes over, and he's like, fucking asshole bear. You ruined my morning, basically. He kicks the corpse a few times because the bear's finally succumbed to its you know, getting hit by a car. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then he hears someone coming, and he's like, Addie, sit there next to the bear and cry. Uh, and at this point... And then she, he runs behind a tree. I'll give yeah. you a reason to cry. Sit behind the and, bear. And uh, this is the part where the ranger comes up, and then he comes up behind the ranger, fucking hits him over the head with a tree branch and starts crushing him. Well, it jumps to Addie's point of view, and she's like, it looks like Corin." But he's starting to cover in gray, like his hands and skin are gray. 
and he's covered in fur is he and he has small, he he's has turned. small antlers. Oh my and, god. Uh he's like his hands have claws on them and she tries to run and he catches her and then breaks her arm. Yep. Lifting her yeah. up off the ground. Huh. Yeah, snaps too hard. And then he's like we got to go get more to eat. And then uh, she's like, please don't eat me. I'm not meat. I'm not meat. I'm not meat. And, and then it jumps to Tate. the end of the chapter. There. I'm going to say right here at the end of the chapter, and we always do this way too late, but spoilers for Till We <laughs> oh, Become Monsters. So can I say before the ranger came, okay, uh, they're standing there, they're kind of wandering around, and he hears Davis scream like bloody murder. And in his head, he's like, oh, Davis must have found our father. Ha ha. I thought the it bear, sounds like oh. he actually has emotion. I always thought he hated the guy. And that's as much thought as he puts into that. That makes yeah, sense. It's, it's dark. So they get to the camp. And we jump to Tate's point of view for a little bit because he sees Addie come in. And he's like, oh, thank God you guys found... A-. Or he sees both of them. No. No, no, no. We got it. Yeah, Zach, you're not allowed to fucking tell the story anymore. Okay, so Tate is asleep because he's slipping in and out of consciousness. He wakes up because there's something on his fucking foot. Turns out it's a heart. Then he sees this huge-ass monster in the room. And he's like, Corin? Because the eyes, or I, I don't know, there's that one that's getting a little better, maybe, I'm not really sure. I think, I think he probably knows but the eyes. But he realized that this is a monster... And that it's Corin, and he's like, where's Addie? You must have found Addie. And he points to the bed, the heart, and Tate's like, oh, my God. So he's, like, fighting to hold on to this heart because he thinks this heart is all that is left of Addie, while this monster, Corin, is pulling him onto the ground and crushing him. So it even says, like, the heart is smashed underneath his chest, which I'm like, did we need that? No. But then, as he's laying there just getting torn to shreds, he looks over and he sees Addie, and he thinks, Addie must be dead. She's here to help me. Or not help me, but to help me cross over, essentially. He sees her ghost. So he's, like, reaching for her hand, and she's kind of standing there, and she's not scared. That's why he thinks, like, she must be dead. She's, you know, she's just going to hold my hand through this. But he can never quite reach her. Well, then, then we flash back to Davis... Where Davis has found their father, yeah, and he's look he um he slipped in the creek or he got wet somehow. So he's like, and he's like, I have to have dry clothes or I'm gonna die. Yeah, he freezes to death. So he finds his father and he's like devastated. Yeah, he's... he turns him over and he's like, I know, like I'm an EMT. I've looked at this stuff a thousand times, but on my father, like I just can't do it. I don't even want to know what's missing. But he notices that his father's left eye has been ripped out, and he remembers Tate telling him. And then that he realizes the, the wounds are too clean. Yeah, that they're stab wounds. They were done by a human that wasn't an animal attack. So now he knows. He's like, Corin killed my father. Yeah, we, we get a lot of Tate's backstory at this point. Like Davis? Sorry, yeah, Davis's backstory at this point. Like, we learn, like, it flashes back to, like, he just wanted, like, he didn't hate his grandmother, like, the way Corin kept saying. He really just wanted He didn't know her. why she hated him. Yeah, he wanted her to notice him. And so when it came to, like... Uh, the stairs event, he had just, she was like snapping at him. And like from his point of view, he's like, I just wanted you to finally talk to me alone without Corin. He's like, I just wanted you to care. And she just basically just snaps at him. And when she goes to walk away, he tries to grab her arm so that she won't leave him. And she turns around to punch him. 
But when she rears... I don't think it says she was going to punch him. Well, yeah, she re- turns around to hit him, basically. But she rears up to the point where she plants her feet, except she plants her foot backwards over the fucking edge of the stairs uh, and falls. So he did not push her. That yeah. sucks. And but it's revealed that basically... He just wanted to His method of coping... Asshole. Well, it's not that he wanted to come off as an asshole. He was afraid... Like, he's always afraid of showing what he's really feeling. And so his way of handling it is to just say whatever the meanest thing is to deflect people from seeing that he's terrified. Again, therapy probably would have been really helpful. Yeah, like, if he'd gotten help, he'd probably be an okay kid. Yeah. And but, like, because, like, it revealed, like, he's like the, you just stay there and slobber, I'll go call 911. And he's like, and the second he's out of sight, he's fully, like, tears are streaming down his face. Like, he just could never show it to anybody. Poor guy. Like, that's what no, Kate would... No, bad for him. Yeah. No, so that's what... This, this whole time, I because he's like, oh, you know, I, I wish that my father and I could have had this good relationship. Like, all of a sudden, he has all these regrets. Yeah, like, he's he, like, why didn't I ever get my life what together? He fucked up. I'm such life. a loser. Like, he's having all these realizations. And I just, I still at this point don't feel bad. Oh, uh, yes, I'm you like, are a loser. You've been a dick this entire time. Just because you feel bad now, that's not like a get out of jail free card. It's not a get out of jail free card, but like, I will always give someone credit for at least acknowledging that they fucked up and wanting to change. Like, a little too late. Clearly, but that's Albert not his Campbell. fault. He's not the one who made his brother cut his fucking dad's heart out. In a way, he is. But if he, oh, if his, he contributed it heavily. But if his yeah, father he wasn't, was, it, it's also easy to forget he was fucking ten when this happened. If his father wasn't dead, would he be having these feelings? Probably not. He, he was even before. Because he like when they crashed, he was like, "I just hope everybody's okay." Because essentially, yeah, like he, he wants to rebuild these relationships. He never really gets there with Corin. He does say Corin's like at some point he's like, "Well, I know Corin's weak or something like that." Yeah, he he's still not quite there with Corin, but like I, he is getting better. Like he just wish Corin would live. He like, really like feels bad about his relationship with his father. Most of all, I think I think it should be said: you are always responsible for what you do, and you are never responsible for what another person does. Right, but if you torture somebody from the a young age, like that is going to except have an like we're revealed, on. especially like even Maeve mentions when she gets the story, like Davis was never as bad as Corin made him out. And right. Corrin was always worse than he made himself out. Corrin yes. picked as many of the a fights as they were in. A lot of this was the parents not yeah, actually Yeah, it, it was definitely two kids it. who suffered neglect. And also, there was something, like, mentally wrong with them. Because it turns out that the doctor saying that Corrin had psychopathic tendencies and he should stay in the, like, it was a terrible place. But it did turn out he was kind of right. Because we also learn about Davis's backstory is that Davis... Uh, the eating the heart thing, that wasn't a one-off thing. He didn't do it to fuck with Corrin. Uh, we learned that through his life, every time he's gone hunting with his father, anytime he killed something, he'd pull something out of it and eat it. And he that was the first time. He just started doing it on the sly because Albert yeah. was like, You're Well, because like, he was like, it's the first time I ever felt whole because like I felt like I was missing something. Wouldn't you get sick from eating you raw? You, sh- you, you should, but it's a fantasy. No, if you do it enough, you just, it's like there's, a, there's a dude in here who's turned into a full ass Wendigo. He's fine. Uh, anyways, but so Davis is like, he's like, it always made me feel complete. And he's like, I just, but my dad saw me do that. And he's like, and he never looked at me the same sense. Like he looked at me like there was something wrong with me from that point on. Which fair. There is. Yeah, but he didn't do anything about it. He didn't try to get, didn't talk yeah, to well, him. Yeah, well, that's why I'm saying. It's like the, yeah. the parents really just ignored anything that made them uncomfortable. And he was like, it seems, he's like, I know that Albert, or that uh, Corin had the same, like, 
problems I do. He's like, but I know Corin can't keep his end of stuff in check like I do. He's like, obviously, his Corin ate a heart too, but just started, went on a full rampage and murdered everyone he met. Whereas apparently Davis has been eating hearts of animals in the woods for the last 15 years. Fucking wild. Yeah, it's... They're both gross. They're both gross, but I gotta give Cor- Davis credit for not murder. I gotta give Corrin For grading on a curve, he went out of his way to save a bunch of lives, sure. and Corin murdered their dad, turned into a it monster, like, and started eating. It was so own, hard. Only murder of animals, you might say. Yeah, he's, a, he's an animal killer. Slash I mean, hunter. Animal killer. I, I, <laughs> I think it goes a little far beyond hunting after a point, but yeah. Okay. Well, if you eat the anyway, meat, sorry. Come here, the other. He was eating that deer. We've gone off the rails here. So, Davis has to take the clothes from his dead father. Which, yes. it, that's a tough pill to swallow, but I mean, it, it had to be He keeps done. telling himself, like, he'd want me to live. He'd forgive me. He'd understand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he doesn't need those jeans and socks and boots anymore, you know? Yeah. So, he does what he has to do, and now he knows that he's going for Corin. Because he's like... Fuck this fucker. Yep, that was the line. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's a good line. Which is, which is fair. That's a great line to draw. So uh, now, I guess, Zach, you can take the corn part as long as you don't fuck it up again. No, it's, it's fine. You got it. Terribly as you have been. Go nuts. You got this. Okay, fine, fine. All right, okay. I'll give it a shot. We'll see how much I remember, apparently, that's not good enough for you. Well, some of it was flat out inaccurate. And you read it yesterday slash today. All right, that's enough, kids. Just we will turn this podcast around, even though it hasn't left the driveway. Thanks, Daddy. We're gonna back it into the house. (laughs) I'll take out the front door to the garage. I don't care. So Davis is basically sprint. You know, chasing after Corey. He's you know he's out for revenge. His dad's dead. Uh, He gets to the cabin, uh, and. He sees Tate on the ground, and it looks like Tate's basically just been ripped in half. Like, his whole, like, right side is missing. There's just... And then he sees something in the doorway. Like, he sees, like, what looks like a monster. And then in the back corner, he sees Addie. And Addie's just, like, standing there. Chilling. Yeah, and uh, the monster, like, looks at him, and, like, he can tell it's, like, getting ready to come after him. And then Addie, like, looks forward, like, looks panicked... And then it growls at her, and she talks back to the monster. Like, mm. okay, uh, I understand. And then she just goes running off into the dark, just runs past Davis. Huh. Uh, Addie's a bad bitch. That's fucking solid. That's a, that's a, that's a real move. It sounds like she is a bit bad now. She's going to be a fucking animal, too. <laughs> and so uh, the monster starts coming after Davis, it but its horns get caught on the fucking door. I know. This was, I was like, why are you not turning around and just like... I think all he had at that point was like a hunting knife. Right. Which, so you go in and ch- ch- I think it's got arms. Like, I think it's got like six foot long arms with claws. Yeah. Oh, they're six feet long. I, I imagine that he grew when this in my Most, head he grew. What an awkward was, looking fucker. Because I'm, a, well, I'm I imagining like I think a normal he got like height. I think he got like way bigger. Because keep in mind he was strong enough to slam Tate, who's six foot five, up and down on the ground until he was mush. Basically, I feel like somebody high on methamphetamine could do that. Not without, it's not that easy uh, to pick it, people up so and move them, especially when they don't want to be. If you Google Wendigo, like, image, most heavier. of them are 
Like, even if, like, I guess you don't have a reference for how tall they are, their arms are freakishly long, like, hanging. They tend to be spindly, like, deer-like animals. I didn't consider when I was reading the part when they, he came in to get Tate, is if he struggled getting out of the door, how'd he get in? I think he was still growing. He got bigger when he ate Tate. Okay, fair he, enough. He transforms more when he eats something. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. in the legend of the Wendigo, anytime they eat something, their body gets bigger in accordance so that they're always hungry. God, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, re- okay. I forgot that part of the legend. No, hey, I remember that. that. I was uh, just thinking that he was, like, already fucking big, yeah. and I'm like, bro, you just strolled in there, and then all of a sudden came But, yeah, out. essentially his antlers are now so big they get caught on the door. Yeah, if they, and ima- imagine a Wendigo with sort of, like, gorilla-like portions where their arms will touch the floor when they walk. What a silly fucker. That's yeah, all I can Basically, like, it's yeah. like a <laughs> humanoid deer running on all fours, but giant claws. If I was Davis, I'd be like, look at you, you ugly fucker. Look, you stupid son of a bitch. If you want a creepy <laughs> version of Wendigo <laughs> and you like video games, uh, <laughs> Until Ooh. Dawn is... Should we be Wendigos for Halloween? That could be fun. i way too big, but yeah. I we mean, make little seed around the gun. <laughs> My roommate's much more Wendigo-esque. Okay, Little Seed would actually yeah. be a great Wendigo. But anyways, so Corrin uh, is chasing after Davis in the dark, and Davis gets far enough ahead that he manages to... I didn't realize how he lost Corrin. Like, he found enough time to make a spear and light a fire, fall asleep in the snow. He was, like, way out in the woods. Yeah, but, like... I would have assumed that this monster could have caught up to him in no time. Well, he was—he had to get himself out of the fucking door first. I don't think that's that much of an impact. Okay, so imagine you're in an older house like what we lived in in Vermont. I guess you're right. Those are pretty your, sturdy. What if your little antlers get stuck in the yeah, wall? Yeah, and, and like now you that you mentioned it, like if, if it's an old like log cabin, like those are sturdy buildings. Like you can't just rip through sheetrock, like. I can kick down sheetrock, but I'm not kicking through a solid wood Yeah, wall. and I just imagine if he hit it, like, going super fast, maybe they lodged in there and he had to really, like, pull that shit out. And then, at the time, Davis had the snow on his side. It was covering his tracks. True. Because he mentions at a later time that his tracks were no longer covered. Because, yeah. 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 Anyways. The fire uh, wouldn't help hide himself, though. Um, he only did it, it to warm very, himself very up. It was a very, small fire because his feet got oh. wet. Because he, he didn't have a... Well, he had a tiny, tiny fire. He was hiding under a tree, and he fell asleep. And he was like, well, the snow is still coming down, but this tree will protect me. But when he wakes up, the top half of him, pretty much, the tree did protect him, but his feet were covered in snow. Oh, I see. And he was like, fuck. Like, yeah. my feet but are frozen, he... so I need this fire. And then the second he hears something, he puts it out and, like, you know. Yeah, he pulls it together enough and basically has, like, a showdown with what Corrin's become and calls him out, and they basically charge. And he manages to get his spear up and manages to shove it through Corrin's, like, giant deer mouth and into his skull. Uh, and he's like, I got the spear in in time. And, like, watch Corrin slump. He's like... It's just too late. Those claws reached out and slashed him across the gut. Yeah, his arms and, were longer than a spear. And then he point. looks down and he sees his intestines falling yeah, out. Yeah, spooling body. out. And <sighs> he sits down against the tree and he looks at Corrin and he's like, "I'm really sorry for everything." And he watches like the light go out of Corrin's eyes or something. Something to the effect that he watches Corrin die and then he himself dies. So they both fucking die. They both yeah. die. They killed each other in the end. You want to do yes. the ending? Sure. Wow. So then we flash back to... Oh, sorry. Before Jesus. you get to the ending, I think you said you were going to do like a bummer warning. <laughs> a oh, little, yeah. little so, late. Okay, so now we're at Addie's point of view. So what happened was initially when 
uh, Corin had found Addie. She had said something about Tate and Davis, and he said, I don't even want to talk about them. And she was like, who, like Tate or Davis? And he's like, Davis. Like, he just hates even hearing his name. And so she knows that talking about Davis makes Corin angry. So she tries to avoid that. So when she sees Davis show up, and then he growls at her, she runs the opposite way from Davis because she doesn't want Corin to get more mad at her. And she's afraid of Corin, but he's taking care of her. He keeps giving her meat. And he gave her more meat after he killed Tate, and it tasted like what she, he had given her the first time, which was the heart meat from his father. Yeah. So she's just running. She hears, I think, dogs barking. She kind of sees flashlights from Here's the search party coming out. people calling for her, but not her brother. Yes. And so she's, um, she's out there in the woods, and she knows that they're coming, but she has this heart tucked into her pocket, and she's like, I just need to take a bite. And she it, she realizes it's Tate, and she, like, right before she eats it, she's like, I'll keep you forever. So, I'm left assuming this is the, that is the end of the book. Yeah, that's the end. It goes mm-hmm. back to nothing after that point. I'm left assuming that she will be found, but she will now be little I Yeah, I think she's going <laughs> to... I think my running assumption, especially given how fast, like, Corrin changed... Is that, like, before the night's over, like, that search party's in the fight of their lives now. But here is the thing. Like, I know you don't agree, and I can't prove that I'm right because I don't have the book. But I think Corin changed in the hospital. Essentially, that night he welcomed the darkness into him. Because I know that he said at some point, like, he was stronger than the others or whatever. He makes reference to this is not the first time he has done this. So I think it had been maybe an ongoing thing for him, but I I could be wrong. All right, we'll let you know next episode. We'll hash this out. <laughs> yeah, once we find the but yeah, book. Uh, that, it's just on my, like, the desk next to my door. I don't think it's gone forever. <laughs> I literally, I meant to grab it, and I was grabbing a drink out of the fridge and forgot. I'll beat Zach home and burn it. It's fine. Jesus. I chose the book. It's my right. We okay, need the so book. yeah, this was a Caleb book. What did you think of our our synopsis of it? I guess. I'm pretty happy with this. <laughs> I'm concerned about how happy you've been with this. I'm really he happy. He hasn't seemed happy at all tonight. Did you actually. read? You know uh, what I mean. Did you read the um, the back of this book? Yes. Before you, okay. I chose this book. He knew what we were in for, like a little bit, but not a lot of it. Well, I could see. I you, thought, yeah, I could see you just picking this book based on like the picture on the front. I thought it was going to be yeah. like he gets out of the mental hospital like at tw- at like twenty, and then. So when they said he was going into this asylum, I was like, oh dang! So he comes out at eighteen and is like. That's what I thought too. But then it's like three months, and I was like, yeah. whoa, okay, well that's better than. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not good, but it's better. Than yeah, like you've got lifetime. plenty of time yeah. to bounce back, I yeah. guess, unless your parents completely continue to ignore you. And you uh, just choose to fun. Path um, I I don't know if this is accurate. I've never never read like the original Native American Wendigo myths, but like every time I've seen Wendigos in television or video games, I've seen them in a few different things. Davis got off really lucky because normally those motherfuckers only die to fire. Like, you have to burn them alive. Generally, burn their heart specifically, but anything will technically do, I think. Like, yeah. you just burning them alive. So, stabbing him through the head with the spear, he got really lucky that that stopped him. I guess the search party I mean, got... It doesn't I, I, I guess the search party got really lucky. Yeah. That Corrin, or that Corrin went down, because uh, 
Well, Davis didn't save himself. He did save a handful of other people who were going to be in the woods that night. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It depends I on how was, little Addie feels about I the situation. I guess, like, the whole book was like this, but I thought it was odd how it never went back to Natalie or Maeve. Like, we I never I did think got... it was weird that it never gave closure. Like, Natalie just spends this whole book worried about the her kids and Addie and freaking out, and then we just drop them like a hot potato. Yeah. I guess they just move on. Just move on. They got on. nothing. I don't think they do, because notably Natalie and uh, Maeve... Uh, we're going. They were part of the search party going into the woods, which means that if Addie's turned, they're going to have to fight her. I don't think she's turned to that point, though. That's what I'm I don't, saying. Yeah, I'm I not sure. Lauren and like Davis But yeah, if, if you're hearts, right, it might be a long time coming. I don't like because for Corin, if he was truly had this psychosis and then became this thing, he was doing it to gain something from like these other creatures, and for her, it at least started off just being hungry. Yeah, see, I got like, the impression that Corn had got the idea from the book. I, I got the impression, because he didn't, the idea of, like, eating stuff had only, like, he was really horrified when Corn or when Davis brought it up, and then it seemed like he was really into it once he read it in the book. But I, I could be wrong. Maybe the two, girl. Two different perspectives. Maybe the girl goes the Davis route and just eats animal hearts and gets herself it. together. But I mean, she's already she started eating humans. And she is six. Maybe yeah. she just turns into a Dexter type. That? He wasn't a cannibal. Well, well no, no, but a Dexter anyways. You know. So, so, I only eat people who deserve to be eaten. <laughs> I like guess. A, um, <laughs> yeah, it could I, be uh, worse. You know, I've heard of like worse a, premises. Like a, de- like a Dexter situation. Here. But yeah, everybody, so that was... Uh, what? No. Caleb, what'd you think of the book? I said you I liked it. did that. No. Yeah. Did Asa say anything? No, I didn't say anything. I thought I was... Oof, I just didn't even... I was really just... Do you remember the book? Yeah, I do. All right, I'm name just, one character in the book. i Davis. Name a second character for bonus points. Corin. All right, good job. Yeah, honestly, he named both the main characters. Yes. Spot yes. on. I'm, uh, I'm proud of him. I did not Mallory, say I was surprised. Like, like I was surprised. I, uh, Needless to say, all of us were. I was, like, intrigued. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I, I picked up kind of quickly that both of them were pretty sick. I in agree. In some way. Um, but it was interesting. I yeah, thought, I like, thought, the myth was interesting, and... I think, like, overall, like, this was a way creepier, more, I guess, gory horror book than we've done up to this point. Like, they talked about the parts a lot, and we didn't. That was my goal. <laughs> it was, um, I felt like it, I don't know, it was a hard transition, like, the way that the characters just flipped so quickly. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, like, I, I got whiplash I, I will say, That's like, what really got me. I'll say. I, I really liked it, like, overall. I will say, I think the pacing was kind of weird, because, like, the part when, like, Corrin slash the Wendigo and, like, the dad dying, that's the last 50 pages of a 220-page book. Up to that point, it's all just drama. It's Granted, it's, out. it's psychological torment drama, but it is... Family it's the perfect drama. ruin up to this point. Family drama. Wow. Though, uh, granted, Corrin becomes a much worse villain than I think anything we've seen up to this point in books with bastards. A like, literal monster, yeah. I think if I think if old Bryce Lerman from Where They Wait had got his plan off the ground and started murdering millions with his song, 
Might have been worse, but he didn't get oh, there. I was going to say, I got real Cameron vibes from Corin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like real smart, but kind of a piece of shit. Just like everything my family's ever done has like made my life miserable. Yeah, can't, can't, Even though I could make different yeah, choices. Yeah, like you could grow from this and not just let it define you. Yeah. Yeah. But they're Cameron did grow from it and didn't let it define him. Corin ate people. Different paths in life, I guess. Some were better, some were worse. I'll let the audience decide. What do you think uh, Maeve's little dream meant? Do you think she just kind of had I some think insight? Because also or... Natalie had a horrifying dream, and either of them could hang on to it. I think oh, that, I mean, it. like, because, like, out of nowhere, like, Corrin did fully become a Wendigo. So I think that, to agree, in this universe, magic was real. Like, she just got a warning. I think she it saw sucks. it coming. She's a psychologist. I think she knew this was going to happen. She, like, loved him, though. Something's yeah, but right. she did always have a vibe. Like, she felt like I, there was more to that story. Part yeah. of me, I guess I didn't read the book, but part of me thinks it was always a patient. Uh, Situa- like, she was just more interested in I did in get that story. vibe, too, actually, when it went, went to her set of things. Like, she really wanted to, like, prod him and see what was going yeah, on. She wanted to solve in my In yeah. my mind, it's, it was always a patient doctor thing, and she just convinced herself... She even herself admits in her own thing that, that it was hard to it. not... That she, yeah. It was, hard to, yeah. it was hard to turn that off. Yeah. That would be hard to turn off. Yeah, that's your... It's how you think. It's hard to it's switch like that for anyone. Your training to so I, I, I think she knew it was coming. I think that... I, it might have also been, Zach, clearly magic is real. It might have been to an extent of that point, but I think it definitely started off as just... Truly, she's good at what she does. Yeah. Okay. Not good enough. She didn't get there in time. <laughs> hey, she didn't die. Well, she can't only she drive lived. so fast. It's wintertime in Minnesota. Well, not wintertime. Well, yeah, snowy I mean, in Minnesota. They know how to drive in the snow. She no lived. Well, well, she's from a bigger city. She didn't go out. out into the hills. I'm, I'm the gonna... hills? <laughs> I think that's where She's the... not a hill. The hills of Minnesota. <laughs> <The> hills. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was Till We Become Monsters by Amanda Adley. And good. it was uh, pretty brutal. Almost makes me want to learn how to read. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, was... uh, next week we are uh, going to go a totally different direction. Go for something a little more uh, light and fluffy, I guess. I picked up uh, Equal Rights by Terry Pratchett, which... Uh, it's equal rights, R-I-T-E-S. Yeah, like, like magic ritual rights. Uh, oh, I was going to say equal rights for who? So Terry Pratchett <laughs> is... <laughs> I, I picked it up because, A, I wanted to, to go a, lo- a different direction than we've gone up to this point. Go full fantasy. And also, Terry Pratchett's kind of a legend in the fantasy writing like universe. Like He writes the whole Discworld series. He's a very, very famous author. I've never who, heard of him. Yeah. I have never heard of him either. Zach I, told me this. You guys don't read fantasy books. Just okay. That I've never heard of. I mean, I, I guess Zach. I, I did look at the fact that it says the author of stuff on it, but I assume that's not. It's it's uh, from what I've understood, he has very really good natured, like fun writing. I don't think that the title of that book is as bad as it sounds. I just well, love well, author excited. of snuff written right below. His yeah, name. I admit it's not great. That's What's not wrong with snuff. Snuff usual. films. Oh. I've never heard it in any other phrase. Uh, it's also a uh, term Do for I cocaine. Ah, perfect. Well, it's real old school. Snow. So or is opium, the maybe? other drug referring to snuff films, or do either of you know? No, or snuff, you snuff films is murder films. No, I know what that oh. is, but we, what he's reading, did you just oh, assume I, I have that no was idea. in reference to a... Movie? I think Caleb assumed that, because he oh, hadn't heard okay. of the drug I'm thing. I'm guessing... I don't know if you guys I had feel read like it I assumed it was... 
some sort of magic because it could also be the term to snuff out a flame. I yeah. think I think because could the way it's phrased, author of snuff, snuff might also just be another book he wrote. Could you? Well, yes. it is definitely the yes. another God. book that he well, wrote. Anyways, uh, that's just, why he's the author. Oh my God! I just read the book and you knew it was about snuff films. <laughs> no, and my that's mind why just you went to snuff films. Oh my! So, I'm so glad we. If oh. any of you out there are Terry Pratchett fans, wow. <laughs> we haven't. We've obviously not read a Terry Pratchett book before. I'm very excited. I've only heard good things. Let's hear Somebody the back read of it. snuff and tell me if it's a snuff film or if it's drugs or we if it's something I've never Mallory, just Wikipedia it. Your phone's right there. You want to go ahead and try to read and the back of that book for us? No, it's very long. It, it's, it the brief act. synopsis is a wizard <laughs> accidentally gives his ancient powers to a person he didn't intend. And now she's trying to go to magic school. It, it's supposed to be only for men. Uh, Snuff is the 39th novel. 39th dude, novel I told you in the Disc World He is series? a prolific fantasy writer. He is extremely famous. And again, to those of you listening, we obviously haven't read these before. I'm very excited. And if you're wondering why I picked this book instead of any of the others, it's because there were two of them on the shelves. That's it. I didn't know where to start. The rest were sold out. Yeah, there was only like four options, and this is the only one that they had two of at the Barnes & Noble. Oh, I see. Perfect. Yeah. So, here we are. Nice. And as we've learned from this particular book that me and Mallory have fought about the entire time, it's best that we be, each have our own copy. <laughs> Anyways. I'd say, uh, right. I'd say Have you discovered our secrets here, Mallory, or should we uh, wrap this up? We can Did wrap you? it up. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for our 10th episode of Books with Bastards. I hope you all had a good time. And uh, before we go, let's this ask... This is the 10th one? This is the 10th one, yeah. We've made it to 10 without even releasing a single one. Ooh. This isn't even including Storytime with Stupids, which would be the 11th. I feel and like the we have to one? stop recording till they come out, or they're just... Nope. You guys are going to perpetually be in our past. Or future? I don't... Time, Maybe we weird. never release these and... Someone just finds the... Are we well, just going mad? Maybe um, your children like listen to them years from now, but I was like, none of us in this room are probably ever having children. Uh, yeah. If my kids ever listen to this, they're going to hate me more than they probably already do. Hey, yeah, for sure. little... <laughs> okay, Gloria all right, before we, Kevin, before we start... Uh, for, CJ. Guys, <laughs> guys before we start the first episode of Crying Out for Help <laughs> with Caleb, uh, let's, uh, let's ask us our final question of the day. Uh, if you had to consume the heart of an animal and gain its powers, what animal would you pick? Great white shark. Great, ooh, nice. Uh, that's pretty good. That sounds pretty... You do know that you can never stop moving again. Why would I want to? Uh, you know, fair enough. I think this will surprise you all, but I'm going to go with the bald eagle. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. They're very strong for their size. So majestic. Every time I see one, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't caused an accident because I definitely birds. I'm driving and I'm like gawking at you guys. Yeah. They're dickbag okay. birds though. I'm yeah, just gonna be a basic. I'm gonna go for a lion. I like I'm a good old lion. Oh, what, what a loser. You know, I I'm apparently going a different way. You guys all took like fighters. I was gonna go with just like a turtle. It just seems like a chill life. You know, I should have gone with sloth. I'm kind of surprised you didn't go with octopus, a little call out to remarkably brilliant creatures. Well, you'd have to I eat a tart, so yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's really bummer when you think about it. But I again, don't want to eat a sloth Just either. I like the idea of a turtle just kind of chilling, just floating around, living for a while. 
See in the ocean. Its, That's crazy because you'd have to like really get through that shell to get their heart. I thought all you got was its strength. Though, but once you crack like it, that's demeanor. it. Yeah, it was a fantasy question. Okay. Anyways. It's a made-up question. <laughs> I guess you could take what you want from it. Yeah, sorry. I might have changed my answer, too, if I knew I got I mean, a turtle shell is its ribcage. Once you get in there, it's all just liquid. All right. You're so gross. <laughs> turtle turtle slurpees. Add that to Caleb facts. Turtle slurpees for everybody. I, As a professional asshole myself, sometimes you just slip up on the job. You do a nice thing.